Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. On your mark, get set, go! That means keep playing the video, you... On your mark. Get set. Go! You little... You had this whole thing planned. All out. All immaculate. Then you fucked it up. You fucked it up. I did. You're the one. Oh, dear boy. How many times have you heard about talking during the intro? How many times have we done that? We have not. That is not standard operating procedure. Now I would have to start from the whole damn beginning. The voice of reason will not be seen tonight. Go ahead. Start it from the beginning. We'll be back in another two and a half minutes. Thank you. On your mark. Get set. Go.
Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's try that again. That's the wrong intro. Hey, Mary. just told me that this could be the most exciting show in the history of television. Davidson was wrong. Who the hell do you think he is? Dawson? I mean, I do admire some of the Dawson moves, but um, I, I, I got a little bit of a thing to ask there, Mr. Espinoza, before well, we make our well, official introductions and do whatnot. Do you have a question? No, this isn't for everybody. This is just for him. 
I noticed the first six contestants introduced that were told to come on down in that intro. Did you do that on purpose with this being like Women's History Month? No. Um, Good coincidence. Alrighty then. Good coincidence. Uh, best quality footage I could find on YouTube. Dennis James clips are hard to find. A a acceptable reason. That would have been a lot better had somebody not ruined the intro. But I guess I should take some credit for that. Uh, that my that my dialogue recording over the video was so good that you oh, thought that boy. that was me talking live. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. No. What did we say specifically about gimmicks developed off air? That it's like, hey, certain things happen. Give us a little bit of notice. These things. Good. Again, this was like pulled out of my ass quite literally at the last minute before we went on air. Good. I had the idea earlier in the day, but yeah. And I keep interrupting Harry as he's trying to introduce the show. I'm sorry, Harry. Please take it away. Oh, thank you. Yes, Harry Broadhurst won't be seen tonight, but he will be heard. I apologize in advance. I have a horrendous migraine. The light is physically hurting, so I'm doing this audio only tonight. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening. And welcome to episode four of Price is Right Month here on Life is Like a Game Show. Syndicated, internationals, primetime specials, and other random masorches. I am your host. I am the voice of reason, allegedly. My name is Harry Broadhurst, your voiceover artist slash gimmick enthusiast eating on air is Brian Espinoza. Eating on air is a W2M net gimmick exclusive and will be seen tonight. The DSDO, he is your executive producer. He is Eric Watkins. You're the one who tells me to produce things, and I try to produce things. And I may or may not be sober, and I may or may not eat on air later this episode myself. So stay tuned. And the man who's going to battle against 1994, Jonathan Nelson. And I must say, Harry, it is great to be a Florida Man, 1994 was not a good year for you, was it, John? Got four seconds, motherfucker. Nah. <laughs> I will say that it was not great to be a Florida Gator on Sunday as Xavier knocked Florida out of the NIT. All right, Mr. Espinoza, I'm turning over the reins to this one to you. All right, Mr. Watkins, I'm turning over the reins to this one. I'm sorry, we're, no, we're not going to be discovered. We're not going to be going over clips and things about pricing games like Pass the Buck until next week, okay? Pass the Buck, hosted by Bill Cullen in the 70s. That's a different show, different show. We've covered so, Bob Barker's not pleased, Nelson. I mean, he's technically correct. The best kind, kind of correct. Of correct. <laughs> uh, we're laying in the shit. I was going to say, we're just like, 
we fucked up the intro, so we're making up for it by laying into the shtick. We're like putting, we turned the shtick knob up to 12. Well, I don't know. 11. I don't know if you I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Mr. Espinosa, but if there's one thing you will re come to realize about this show, it is that we are indeed full of shtick. Is that your new shtick, being full of shtick? It might be. Because everybody else keeps stealing all my other gimmicks. I no, mean, it do be facts, though. Jesus he Christ. He ain't lying. I mean, <laughs> filling up come the on, shtick. Come on, Broadhurst. You set me up for that. I kind of did. Filling up the shtick is harder than getting a tank of gas nowadays. <sighs> all right. Give him my gimmick, then give yourself a monkey. All right, fine. <laughs> Tonight's uh, Life is Like a Game Show, totally not brought to you by Nitro Vanilla Pepsi. Uh, you can uh, listen to the uh, my review on this wonderful, delicious beverage on our Point of Viewer Beverage Review segment, available in the W2Mnet archives. Speaking of those wonderful archives, Mr. Watkins, why don't you tell the people where they can be found? Well, not only can you find our wonderful, thorough, plethora of shows on the YouTube archives at youtube.com slash W2M Network. We are currently live on Facebook, facebook.com slash W2M Network. Twitter, twitter.com slash W2M Network. And Twitch, twitch.tv slash W2M Net. However, if you so happen to take your podcast orally, that's more than okay. We are on an even wider variety of podcast platforms. We're talking Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Pods, Apple Pods, iHeartRadio. You can rate and review us five stars on Spotify, Overcast, the whole bunch. You name it, most likely we are on it. Poor Podbean and CastBox got ignored. They always get ignored. Not always, but for, but for this time, I mean, as is... They uh, still got mentioned, and as our loyal friend and true Toby mentions, too damn many. But that's a good thing in this case. You can never uh, have no, no, too no, no, many no. platforms. Toby, if you're going to make a Price is Right reference, you have to do it correctly. That's too much. Well, actually, he was actually that's next week. Yeah, but he said, "All right, let's get to the actual heart of the show here." So, yeah, our the first episode of our our of our prices right month focused on the reintroduction to the deep dive, the bill Cullen era of the prices, right. And prices, right. in popular culture week two was all about Bob Barker era, including everything Bob with regards, Barker. everything with regards to hit the relationship with Barker and the scandals that came out of it, the runs of Johnny Olson and Rod Roddy, as well as the, eventual passing of the torch to our week three episode honoree, which was Drew Carey. That was last week's episode here on Life is Like a Game Show. Tonight we focus on the international, the syndicated, and the primetime specials for Price is Right. And since we're not going to give it a ton of conversation, I say we start with the internationals, Mr. Watkins. This, this seems to be your area of expertise. Well, I mean, with primarily when you have the international versions, 
my heart would be in one particular place, but for Prices Right, is it not? For the most famous of all the international versions, your British, your French, your Spanish, different parts of Europe, you actually go to the wondrous land down under. Not one, but two different ones in Australia. Needless to say, when you're talking about prices right and offering life-changing cash and prizes, they definitely fulfilled that for their first run. We're talking, in some cases, showcases worth over $400,000, roughly two hundred thirty to $300,000 U.S. Primetime prime special-level showcases. Exactly. They offered that on the daily then, unfortunately, different sponsors came in, and they wound up getting dirt cheap. There was even a bit of a documentary in Australia on the second run of the series and how it was so dramatically different from the first run. What other locations have had uh, international variations of the show, Mr. Watkins? Well, if I could get some assistance from someone looking up the non-credible academic source... Problem... There's a lot. You know that non-academic credible source? It's got a lot of information. What does the main page not have? An international section. Uh, you may be on the wrong page then, because I have said international section up on the non-credible academic source. Well, in that And in fact, I will send you... <laughs> ah, I had to get off the American Game Show page. Neck. We're not just talking you, about the Americans. You dumbass. Dude, there was like 10 disambiguations. Mira, 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 mira. Hoy, esta semana, nosotros estamos hablando de el precio es justo si usted es de Argentina o si usted es de Colombia, el precio es correcto. O, o, si usted es de Ecuador, el precio es cierto. Oh, si usted es de México, el precio es blanco. O oh, atínale al precio. Sí. Del año. Oh, también. Oh, también. No me lo va a cortarse cuando yo voy a hablar de Perú. Yo no me lo voy a cortarme cuando lo voy a hablar con de mi país. Si usted es de Perú como yo, diga lo que vale. To our non, to our non. Y, y también. Un si segundo. Lo vecino, un segundo, yo por favor. Tengo uno más, uno más. Oh, está bien, finido. Si ustedes de Venezuela, también ustedes estabas mirando al el precio justo. Uno Esto más. será como uno más. Yo le dijeron Chile. ¿Qué? Oh, permiso, no, yo no le dijeron. Eh, Chile es, diga lo que vale con Soprole, que será una parte del programa más fina del todo el mundo de Univision. Sábado gigante con Don Francisco. Muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. Ok. Un momento, un momento. Eso será. Esto será Jesus fucking Christ. Parte 
de nuestro show de español para esta semana. Si usted lo quiere mandarnos unos noticias, unos correos, se puede mandar a s.garmer at gmail.com. Y un mensaje especial para los fanáticos mexicanos. Siempre recuerdas, tos cero. For our non-Spanish speaking friends, here's Jonathan Nelson with a non-credible <laughs> academic resource. <laughs> Uh, loosely translated, still currently airing international versions, unlike most of those in the Spanish language. The Arab world, you've got the price skin. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I That's all I know is Spanish, okay? I, I can't do the Arabic. On behalf of, <laughs> on behalf of Robert Hagen, concurred. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we could get our French speaker above us to do some of those. <laughs> First, let me at least get the ones that are currently on before, uh, we, before uh, we go in Francais. Uh, Bulgaria has a version. I ain't pronouncing that. Tova is a nata. China's got two versions. I ain't pronouncing those. Croatia's got one. I got no chance there. Egypt, the price is right. Pecan? Beham, yes. At least I would have had a chance at. Um, Lebanon has the prices right. I have never more specifically felt like the stupidest person in the room than I do right now. <laughs> Eric over there just rattling off these different foreign languages. <laughs> Espinosa's over here going off in Spanish for 15 minutes. I mean, I'll just claim it here. Sure, why not? There might be a new podcast coming to the network where we have an episode in the Canda Reveal on the first. Oh, that reminds me. The, the, the man with the of arts degree versus the man here with the of science degree and what that entails as we're uh, evidencing a specialization here. That 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 reminds me really quick, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but we did forget a kind of a critical disclaimer. Interrupting me is a W2M network exclusive. Go ahead. But this but this is an important disclaimer, so we gotta go full screen on this one. Uh -oh. uh, yes, hi, good evening. Thank you for watching or tuning in to listen to Life is Like a Game Show here on the W2M network. Uh for those of you who are regular listeners, you may or may not be aware that this is the Price is Right month here on Life is Like a Game Show. And as such, our normal episode air running times are currently running roughly double to what we normally anticipate them to be. So uh, keep in mind, we're still in the Price is Right month. This still is expected to be a longer show than normal. And if you listen the whole way through, hey, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, no, again, please continue to expect at least for this week and next week's show uh, longer than normal run times. Allow me to <laughs> allow me to put this in a topical way, given our 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 honoree last week. For these particular episodes, the run times are made up, and they really don't matter. That's right. It's like Drew Terry before he hosted the prices, right? All right. Back to the internationals, Nelson. Moldova got one in 2016. 
C'est triste après tout. And uh, since, since the Mexican version was mentioned earlier, the later Mexican host did audition to replace Bob Barker in 2007. Yes. Marco Antonio Regil. But he did not get a uh, on-screen interview. Perf well, probably because he tried to host it in Spanish. <laughs> and now but here's the star. The price is right. Marco Antonio Regil. Hola, bienvenidos al Altinale al Precio. Bienvenido a la Bar Barker Studio. Bienvenidos a CBS aquí tiene el Bar Barker Studio. All right, all right, back on track. Back on track, Jonathan. Go ahead, continue. Jonathan. I'm surprised y'all ain't trying to shut me up. I'm just waiting for somebody to say. I'm just waiting for this man. I'm just waiting for somebody to say it like Jonathan did already. I'm gonna need to hit the SAP button on that son bitch. I will put SAP into uh, Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, oh, where, where's actual Portugal Portuguese, but two versions of Portugal. O preço certo e o preço certo em juros. Yeah, I was going to say, I could probably, I could have pronounced that, yeah. I could tell what the difference there was, hey, Portugal must have adopted the euro. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Not one, not two, not, but three versions in Romania. Fretur correct, spune me pretur, pretur salpun. Turkey's got one. Kachpara. Actually, I believe the turkey one is pronounced food often stuffed. Oh, no. Chicken. 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 The first thing you buy at a supermarket. Uh, <laughs> and, and most importantly, most importantly, Mr. Watkins, name something you take with you to the beach. Turkey. <laughs> I hate you all. All right. Uh, newer listeners, we call that a cop. We call that a callback. Sanction hints around for the closed captioning on Twitch and sets of English. Go back to the Soviet archives and watch the Thanksgiving. Everything will be understood. God, I'm laughing so hard. I'm choking. All right, back to it. Between, Nielsen. between the somebody needs to hit the SAP button on this some bitch and turkey. I'm just, I'm done. I haven't even had anything to drink yet either. I have, and yet I can now, still pronounce all those names. Now, if you're visiting our friends north of the border, there's a Canada. there's a Canadian version. There were two different Canadian versions. Mister French, please. Monsieur Just, a price is right. A vous de jouer. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed that one of the Canadian versions wasn't in English. I feel like that would be the ultimate bitch slap in the face of the American audience. Um, the U.S. version actually aired, like the Bob Barker, Drew Carey version, actually airs on English-language Canadian stations. So if you happen to tune on like a CBC or your local CTV affiliate, yes, you would see the Bob Barker or current U.S. version. I'd imagine it probably does the same over in England on, like, ITV or whatever. 
Uh, no, it, we're, we'll, 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 we'll get to that, but because uh, it's, worth, it's worth actually covering a little bit deeper than just a mention. Uh, but the prices right in the UK is pretty fundamentally different than the prices right in the US, specifically Bruce Forsyth's version on ITV. Bruce Forsyth of the Hot Streak? Yes. I'm going to come back to Bruce's version in a moment. Because quite a few of these international versions that we're talking about are heavily based or modified versions of the Bruce Forsyth ITV prices right. Including the ones in Australia that aired as early as 1981. Now, believe it or not, Australia was the first, first to have an international version as Australia on then ATN7, which would be the Seven Network based in Melbourne, had it hosted by Bruce Beebe back in 1957. That ran until 63. Wait. An international version of Cullen? Correct. Well, I'll be. All right, Nelson. Look, back. look, look. These the are deep. You know. These are deep dives for a reason. All right, I Nelson. Back, and I know the old stuff. Back to the internationals. So while we were on the French language, I would mention that uh, France had two versions. And uh, the first version just had multiple occurrences, like Five hosts is that? Uh, Belgium also had a ver- has a, uh, two versions. Oh, the, the one you're talking about in France is Le Juste Prix, on, and then you had Le Juste Euro, obviously. Mm-hmm. Although it ran almost concurrent with Le Juste Prix. And for the Belgium versions, Le Juste Prix and Le Juste Prix for both your Dutch and French-speaking viewers. Gotta love the Le Juste that Prix, has three languages. The the Le Juste Prix of Belgium is not the same Le Juste Prix of France. No, no, no. That you're correct. That aired in 2010, where the most recent Le Juste Prix of Francais, 09 to 15, after coming out of hiatus in 01. I'm half waiting for Pepe Le Pew to show up and and explain some of this to me. Like I feel I I feel dumb over here. Continue, Nielsen. Another one that I would point out amongst the internationals, Indonesia. They have been really on the game. Oh, oh I really want to hear Eric pronounce this one. Well, the second version of it was... Is simply, the price is right. Even I can pronounce that. Yeah, it's only the first one, and that's simple. Tebakaga. Indonesian is not that hard. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the second show in a row where you've had that sentiment? And speaking of which, they do on Tebakara use Bruce Price's right elements and the later version with the Price's right name buried many elements from the French side and part of the US, even using dollar signs until 2008. Well, that's because there's almost like what? 13,000 Indonesian rupiah to the U.S. dollar? Just displaying those numbers would be ridiculous. It'd be like Michael Larson going on the prices right, or uh, um, price of luck nowadays. 110,237. 
The man has started his homework. More on that in the month of May on this um, show. Thank but you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all too kind. Continue. And I've got a, and I have a question. Okay. If oh. you're going to do it, do it correctly. Uh, no, he doesn't get to do it now because he fucked it up. Don't give him the, don't give him the thing. Okay. I'm not. Single player showcase. Well, it's kind of like the nighttime version of it with the range game and Davidson, which we'll get to. As I stare intently Choose your down words. The Choose your words carefully over there, Nielsen, buddy boy. We'll get to that when we talk Cindy's. We're still focusing on internationals right now. I know. I know. Right, Harry Broadhurst is because is going to become a, a hockey ref by the end of the night. I guarantee it. And about four seconds into that ref into that fight, almost step out. <laughs> Give that man a monkey. He finally makes a four-second joke, and it's the best one we've had on this entire network. So, Eric, Bruce Forsythe, take it away. Well, I, I, I have to go back and pull that up. You can't just... Oh, yeah, yeah. You gotta let... You gotta warm it up a little bit before you... Never mind. Family show. So <laughs> <laughs> much for Harry being the voice of reason. Give that man a monkey. You know, this is going to sound like an asshole thing to say. We need Harry to have a migraine every week. Because the man is on fire right now. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you're not wrong, man. <sighs> All right. Uh, stay in your lane, Nielsen. Gladly. I am not the man to be the voice of anything. Oh, Harry brought her. Oh, shit. <sighs> the caffeine. Yes, her hangover. Or, uh, yeah, migraine cure. The, ca hangover the caffeine and the Advil are finally kicking in. <laughs> I mean, that is what you take when you have a migraine and you can't afford Excedrin. You drink a 20-ounce bottle of Pepsi and Did you I take a couple Advin Advil. Did Toby seriously just quote Alicia fucking Keys? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, You're he fired, did. Toby. <laughs> yeah, now you see what we have to deal with on a regular basis. Jesus. Damn this is Toby. why. Hashtag damn it, Toby. Damn it, Toby. Then allow me. Damn it, Toby. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, and by the way, by the way, Toby, the answer to your question is no. No and hell no. I didn't see his question. I'm assuming it's in the comment section. However. Yes. Does this make Toby the voice of reason? And it, this doesn't even make you a part of the show, Toby. Well, I mean, he does have a minor point. He can't be fired if he hasn't been hired. Yes, but he could be. He he could he could be temporarily reassigned to shit duty elsewhere. Um, this is also correct. To put, okay, let's let's give this a wrestling reference for our crossover audience there. You can't fire me. I'm already fired. 
<laughs> See, the, tri the trifecta is now complete. He was waiting for you to give him a damn it, Toby. I, I, I does what I can. All right, Watkins, Bruce Forsyth. Sir Bruce Joseph Forsyth Johnson, CBE. Yes. Yes. Uh, is one of these, sadly, we lost him in August of 2017. This man is just... When you talk about British game shows, this is the man. The aura, the absolute pinnacle. I mean, we're talking the generation game. Beat the clock. He introduced the thinker pose. Oh, let's see what else. I just have to go on to scrolling right down. We'll Play your cards right. Bruce Forsythe's hot streak. <laughs> Bruce's price is right. I feel like I feel like play your cards right right is probably a parody on card sharks. I believe you're correct. Yes, in fact, you are absolutely correct. That's just. Uh, correct was the best kind of correct. Never mind. Stick heavy. Continue. Scrolling down to his list because man, you talk. Yeah, about no, I'm looking TV at it. Series. I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, the man has done a lot. Going all the way back show, to Sunday night at the London Palladium in 1958. That's how but, long he was in the game. Yeah, talking about game shows, you've got player cards. Right, was his first one in '80. Um, generation game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yep, seventy-one to seventy-seven. All right, I'm, a, player I'm cards a, right in eighty. Uh, as as the resident outsider of the in crowd here. Um, oh, I'm here gonna, we go. I got it. I found. I'm gonna need an extra. I'm an outsider as much as you. Are. <clears throat> yeah, but here, here here we go on the. What uh, is generation game? Uh, give me a. Uh, give me like a. Uh, Give me like a 50 word. Four teams of two people from the same family, but different generations compete to win prizes. So like family feud, but only two members instead of five. Uh, it kind of looks more like a double dare physical challenge. Beat the clock. Okay. Style thing. It's a stunt like show. Okay, so it's not like a trivia trap juniors versus seniors. No. Mm -mm. Okay. Or juniors. That's the term I was looking seniors. for. It's a stunt show. So Bruce Forsyth in game shows. Uh, Sunday night at the London Palladium, uh, he hosted a 15-minute segment of Beat the Clock. He then did the Generation game. Um, after that, he did... Here we go. Uh, he did Play Your Cards Right, which was the UK version of Card Sharks. Um, then he came over to the US and did Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak on ABC. Uh, again, gonna need gonna need an explanation here. I'm unfamiliar. Uh, and then he did uh, the the Hot Streak can get an episode in itself. There's a lot there. Just give me like the cliff notes for explanation of the show. Someone. 
anyway. Um, I think word almost like password meets telephone. Never seen telephone either. I do know password. Anyways, well, let's get to the prices right here, which is kind of our. Goal. No, I think he means telephone like the old, like the old schoolhouse yes. telephone. Correct. Okay, so like you tell a sentence to somebody and they tell a sentence to somebody and you see yeah. how much it gets retained. Okay, back to back to Forsyth. I'm just trying um, to trying to learn here as we as we continue. I I've never seen Hot Streak either, so I was literally All right. synopsis from the non-credible academic source. Um so yeah, he did Hot Streak, then he uh did The Price is Right uh, unsuccessful game shows included Takeover Bid, Hollywood or Bust, and Didn't They Do Well? Also, you bet. Well, yes, you bet. He was the first host of that series. <laughs> the man's done a fuck ton of stuff. Yes. Which is why he isn't just a mem why he just isn't a member of the Order of the British Empire. He is a commander of the Order of the British Empire. Hence the CBE. Okay, so um, can we pull up a clip of the? Can we pull up a clip of the Forsyth version of Prices Right from overseas here? Do you? Anybody want to pop on YouTube and grab a clip real quick? I'll do my best. I got it. Well, yeah, because Espinosa can screen share easily. He does have the better setup for that. I'm just I'm curious as to how the British version of it worked, because I've never seen any international edition of Price is Right. Nor have I. I'm not even Well, I found an else. episode of the Leslie Crowder or Crowther Price is Right. Not even any of the original Australian episodes. Not no. from the 50s, of course. Those, some of those, you can find them on YouTube. I've got no. a 95 premiere. Oh, God, that wheel looks weird. Yeah, that works. I'm just curious as to how, how it works in terms of, like, the come on down and whatever. There's and I, part one and part two in the uh, private chat. Okay. I do want to see a big wheel spin if they have it, because that uh, him saying that the wheel looks weird makes me kind of want to see weird how so. It's like one of those car crash things you can't not look away kind of kind of deals, you know. All right. Well, let me go ahead share my screen at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. Did he just go? Are you kidding me? What do you mean about what, 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 can what? Are you seriously kidding me right now? What, what, what? You heard the theme, didn't you? Why, you why, the You're, you, you, you have face. I see face. Please explain face. The theme that the British used. Shut your ass. Was used on a syndicated version, and that's all I'm going to say. I sent shenanigans afoot. Go ahead and play I, the clip. I sent Doug Davidson afoot. I mean... Oh, dear Lord! 
Here we go. TV's biggest game show. It's Bruce's Right is Right. That is the Davidson theme, isn't it? No, it isn't. It is. Now tell me what's wrong with the music you're hearing right now. Aside from the audio quality, but then again, 1995. Uh, shout out to Hunter. Um, so, uh, do, do I have a competing screen share I I was just going to point out how cute the Bruce's beauty was. I mean, you're also not wrong, but and Has I'm not going to finish that sentence. Hashtag England. Hashtag Hail Britannia, if you're going to do it right. But again, I'm going to stop there. Oh, I would usually, if we were watching the Australian version, I would go hashtag Australia. Australia. Okay, go ahead and put over. S-T-R-A-Y-A. Hashtag Straya. Why are we looking? Why are we looking at Ray Combs? Now go back to the... And play it again. Okay. So let me switch. Are you claiming they ripped off Family Feud Combs era? That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Here we go. TV's biggest game show. It's Bruce's right is right. I was talking about the first one you played, which was not. That is the first one he played. This is the only one I played. I don't remember them playing that. Okay, whatever. We'll we'll move on in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Keep going. Knock Sorry, I, I heard Family Feud in, in my head, and I'm like, no, that's Family Feud. Yeah, you heard it in your head. We're all hearing Doug Davidson. Yes, which I have more of in just a moment. Oh, we're going to get to see the Bruce's beauty again. Good for us. Well, I figure, why not? If I have to start from the beginning... Thanks to another certain someone yet again, as I look straight down to the bottom of the screen. Turning into a really bad episode of the Brady Bunch over here. <laughs> There's a story of a podcast about game shows. Monica Krujinska, come on down. Krujinska. Polish? I'm assuming I missed the second name. Hello, contestant. Apparently, British women are adverse to wearing bras on game shows. I refer you to a specific Bob Barker episode from 1980. Did we play the Crowder before this? Hmm? Did we play the Crowder before this? 
I think this is the first clip we've played. Where are you from? Yes. Birmingham. Yeah, are you pleased to meet me? Very nice. Well, don't make it sound so false. But you were a nice group. Yeah, brilliant. You're fine. Welcome, welcome. Oh, I love it. How are you? Fine. I love the shirt. Lovely. Did you make it yourself? <laughs> welcome, welcome. And Julie. With the pink jeans on. Oh, it's a good song, Judy, with the pink jeans on. Okay. It must have been at the first pricing game. You can't game. Don't worry. All you've got to do is be lucky. So, which one of you is going to take this home? A junior Jeep. This ultimate kiddie car is battery. Are we are we playing along over here, gentlemen? Is this in pounds? I'm utterly confused. Seventy-five pounds. Right. I'm utterly confused because I feel like this wasn't the clip that was just played, but I wasn't paying full attention. Pause. Right, Monica. All right. So Watkins is in at seventy-five pounds. Nielsen. Eighty pounds. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I'm like legitimately utterly confused to hell right now because I'm I going... swear I just, unless I am legitimately losing my fucking shit right now, I thought I just saw the Crowder with the feud in my head, unless that was a fucking clip going on in my end because it could have I've been got yep. 978 goddamn tabs open right now for shit to play later. Okay. Toby's in at 90 pounds. All right, since Brian's apparently not playing, I'll go last, and I will say... I'm sorry, I need to organize my stuff here because I'm losing my, like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind right now. What, what was your bid, Eric? 75. I'm going to go 65. Okay. All right. Yep, Toby, I know exactly what happened. Toby, you're getting to play this time because Brian's apparently lost his gourd. Play the clip. You have first bid, okay? What do you think? 300 pounds, 300 pounds. Julie? 355. 355. I'm guessing the conversion rate was a lot worse back then. Actually, the conversion rate was about the same as it is now. 320, right. The actual... That means one of you is... Oh, hold the... How was it worth that much? Really? I did mean... They get, did they get that shit from Fingerhut or something? I mean, those things are usually like $250 in stores. Yes, but they're talking about that and those prices. Those, if you're converting to U.S. dollars, even in 1995, you're talking in the fours. I'm aware. Back then, the U.S. dollar was worth more than the pound. No, the pound sterling has been worth more than the U.S. dollar. But even with those prices at a minimum of 300 pounds, you're talking roughly $400 U.S. Hold. in 1995 conversion rates. Hold okay. the phone. U.S. dollar, British pound, historical reference rates from the Bank of England, year 1995. This is September 4th. Mm -hmm. The conversion rate on that date. USD, USD to GBP. Great Britain pound. Mm -hmm. September 4th. Point six four four one. Flip that around, please. GBP to USD. Um, reciprocal point six four four one. Yes. Calculator. One divided by point six six four four one. One point five five. So a dollar. So one and so a half. A dollar and fifty five cents for every British pound. Yes, so more than what it is right now. 
I knew my rates in Forex, and it was better back then because those things, those things must have been super freaking expensive when they first came out. Then play the like clip. I, I effectively had a Jeep version of this when I was younger. I had a little convertible one. There's Bruce for a side fan of Fortune the Queen in his pocket. No, he's just happy to see us. But how would you like to win three of these prizes? A scooter, a fridge freezer, a television and CDI machine, and a camcorder and case. Okay. So far, the show's playing like the U.S. Let's see what game. Let's see what game they're playing. And is ready for the road. This fridge freezer has independent control. And then we'll go back to Espinosa. And a meat for flexible storage. And guess what? It's frost free. Was that a sausage fun? Freezers. You just have to see it. All and entertaining. You get superb digital quality sound and pictures, and the ability to control what happens on screen via interactive. Words you won't hear me say often. The blonde is cuter. Large screen color television with remote control. A superb full-size camcorder. For once, I'm not going to comment on this one. That's more of a ginger. Oh, it's danger price. Crap! It's danger price. You can win. All right, gentlemen, I, I, I appreciate the watching of clips, but I would like to remind you we have a lot of show to get to. Fine. Mark, so what's the difference? We haven't Mark's, seen one yet. Mark's episode in YouTube to watch later history. Uh, we have another earlier version of Your the Price is Right UK to get to. Mute your microphone, somebody. Oh, right. He's back now. Thank you. No, I don't hear Family Feud in that. Not yet. Is this what you were thinking oh, of? Buddy. Come on down. Okay, I kind of hear it now. Shane Perry Juano. Come on down. Alpine sounds Scottish. I mean, you're not wrong, Toby. The farther back you go, the older the crowd gets. Hi there, and welcome to the third program in our new series, The Price is Right. You know, word must be getting around because in our studio audience tonight, we have yes, people this from is uh, Leslie Crowther from, from 1985. And yeah, okay, so I'm not losing my mind. They legitimately, that come on down music does indeed sound like the prices or uh, family feud poems era. I, I, need a, I need a quick second here. Pause. Oh, I'm done. You can, you can cut away from me as I set up for the next clip here. 
Yeah, because uh, I went ahead and I've well, got I towards... Before you do, I have the clip to where they're at the wheel. I, I have a I have a question about the uh, clip that he just aired. What month in February? Or what month in 85? I don't know if it's said. Hold on. Why he looks that up, show me the big wheel spin, Eric. Uh, January 12th, 1985. A month before I was born. Yeah. Well, ah! Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That, that, that's that's a, no. This, that's a, that's no. an eyesore. No. And the values are in different order. They yeah. are. Because I mean, on, on the American wheel, 80 is above 15. And uh, by the way, your uh, GBP USD uh, you need to be reciprocal for you, Eric. January 2nd of 85 was 0.873. So you're looking at about a dollar 15? Well, no, more closer to a dollar 13-ish. 114.5. Yeah, so between 113 and 115. So 300 times 1.14, 1200, 300, 2 or 3,000. 3.42, but for the Jeep on uh, 30, 30, no, 85 conversion, yeah, but that was a 95 clip. Oh, yes. okay. So the 95 clip at 300 pounds at that dollar 55? Almost you know, 500 what? bucks. 465 yep 465 bucks i'm not teaching the remedials i'm teaching the high ends this month again this is the thatcher economy versus the post thatcher economy show show the wheel spin watkins i'm rooting for the girl on the end oh wait that's one of the models i'll root for the girl in the white shirt oh hey there's the hundred pounds yeah I'd love to This is the wheel. It's numbered 5, 10, 15, and so on to 100. The one who spins nearest to 100 in one spin or a combination of two spins. So they don't specifically refer to it as, as pence when, on, the wind, exactly on the wheel spin. It's just points. Or a combination of two spins, we will give you on the spot 1,000 pounds. And there it is. Emma Lock. She's playing it cool and close to the chest. Doesn't change in Britain work a little bit differently? Which is why that doesn't which no. is why the sense thing doesn't really it's work pens. as well. It, it's Des pence. They went and ahead in the decimal day, February 15th, 1971. You motherfucker, did you just steal my gimmick? <laughs> gimmick infringement is a W2 network exclusive. This some bitch right here. LSD, I, I'm the baby. LSD. Pound Shilly's pets. Why do you use D, the Denarii roll? LSD, yes. We know you're on acid, Nielsen. Play the clip, Eric. You are out. Over, you're out. Phil, you're first to go. Reach up there as high as you like with you. Oh, bloody. Man, he grabbed the fuck out of him, didn't he? That's Bruce Forsyth. Yep. 
And no weeping either on this field. Seventy-five is a pretty good score. He's gonna stay. He's gonna stay. You're gonna stick. Okay. I think it's a wise decision. Okay. And you come monitor. All right. Go on. Away you go. It must go all the way around. A good pull. That's it. Come on. The dreaded death number on the price is right. Or you want the 25 or the yes, 85. You've got and you go into the lead. Bye bye. Model just grabbed her by the chest. <laughs> Speaking of trying to grab someone by the chest, Bruce. Now let's see how you're gonna do. The British version of Dawson, let's pretty much, when you check on Bruce Forsyth. That's I was gonna say that. Yeah. The... I mean, you're not Bruce Forsyth is kind of the man that can do no wrong. You need a kind of like Dawson. In other words, he's about to lift her up into another spin. Off you go there. I feel harassed for her. That would have been nice on the first spin. Exactly what I was thinking. So now she's got her hundred pounds, her, her her Jeep, and she's going to the showcase. Fucker. More Are on you, this later, but the showcase is the rangefinder, really? Fuck your range game. All right, close it up, Eric. I am. Get this mid nineties out of here. All right. Are we doing anything more from the internationals? Mid nineties, you say? Why don't we cut over to me? We're not. Here we go. It's Britain's brightest game show. Bruce's price is right. Didn't we just air a clip like this? All right, I'll bite. Why are we airing this? Hello. Uh, you asked for Bruce's Price is Right, and I found some of the most modern Bruce's Price is Right I could find, Can we which go is back? 2001. Can, Can we, we back rewind the model? back about 20 seconds, please? Seriously. Can we go back to the model? Meet the stars of our show. Thank you very much. There, are you happy? No, because the view was from behind, and I'm a I'm not a butt guy. I mean, honestly, with something like that, I could really make a good pair of wickets joke right now. All right, family show, Watkins. You started it, Mister Right Below. Jeez, even even Toby's telling y'all to keep it in your pants. That's yeah, saying Toby. something. <laughs> although, although I can't guarantee that some of us are wearing pants. I mean, technically, I am for once. Oh, good. In that case, I can guarantee <laughs> that we're wearing pants. Speak for yourselves. Continue on. Out of here, please. 
Uh, yes, go ahead and uh, come off of me while I get ready for the next clip. All right. Um, do we have As any? We set up to talk about the greatest syndicated version. Of we're all gonna time. do the syndicated versions in order, sir. You mean Dennis James's version from the seventies? We'll start. We will start with Dennis James, work our way to Tom Kennedy, and then I guess I'll let Espinosa have the floor for Doug Davidson. You damn well butter. Mutter, Dennis. mother, mother. Go ahead, Jonathan. Fine. Dennis James, Denny James Sosa, to be technically correct. Mute your microphone, uh, Brian. Taken care of. Continue. Mute that man. Thank you, and I'll unmute myself. The dean of game show hosts, the godfather of game shows, the host of the first network game show on the Dumont Network. Cash Carry from Forty Six. I don't know if I necessarily can. You should be able to. Well, I mean, with just with the two of you, that's the rub. That's what I'm saying. You should be able to do that. That should Not, be a thing available in StreamYard. I don't well, I believe have, it is. Yes, I would have to remove the other two of us to give you the screen to yourselves. That's fine. You y'all can still hear yeah, us get backstage. The heck out of here, you. Yeah, y'all, you can still hear it backstage. Oh, give me the share. Give me my share, not me. There we go. Ah, Dennis James. Oh, so the first person to host a telethon raising over $750 million for United Cerebral Palsy for its five-decade run. First man to appear in a TV commercial. First to appear in a variety show. First on videotape. More than 25 firsts overall from Jersey City, New Jersey. Dennis James. Jersey City, New Jersey, home of St. Peter's University. More about them on Thursday on the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, a presentation of the W2M Network. The earliest footage of Dennis James on a show you can find nowadays is him hosting OK Mother 1950. I wouldn't even call it a game show. I'd call more a variety show or call-in show or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Toby, I mean, that could still potentially happen later in the show. We lost Chris James in 1997 from lung cancer. What could possibly happen here is Toby might be getting tendered by resignation. <laughs> so, there's not a lot of clips of Dennis James out there. The problem he had wasn't the prizes given away in that era. As I try to get my non-academic credible source back the proper side of the pond. Talks about prizes being given away on the show, and here we are with the uh, one bid. A wall unit? Okay. Things were a bit higher budget on the Cindy. Y'all can hear the audio, right? Yeah, we can. Okay. Take a deep breath. You look a little nervous. Give us the first bid in bid in dollars, please. And this version went from 72 to 80. Staying constantly 
in the 30-minute format, the original daytime show in 72 carried until it got the big wheel showcase showdown and power power. And yes, back in the 70s, notice the one-bit colors are not what they are today. Are we ready? Actually, tell price is 1465 And Toby bids way too low. Now you forget you paid twelve hundred. <laughs> you look right at this door. Here's what you can win. Look. A new Family feud. <laughs> As I focus on Brian losing it momentarily. Because it's not like I didn't just make this argument five minutes ago. Yeah, but I made it properly of the U.S. version, where it's just screwed it up. I played the wrong Bruce Forsyth version from the U.K. All right, John, thank you very much. I'd like to actually hear what's happening. There was apparently a flag of that play. Price tags are... I give you a chance for an opportunity. Five price ah. tags. <laughs> so one right price. price. Actually, I think it's officially called five price tags. No, I it's thought it was officially called one right price. Yeah. Wikipedia called it five price tags. I think it went by both names. I know Barker called it one right price. This is the game that Manuela accidentally gave away a car on, isn't it? Yep. yep. More on that next week. Dun dun dun. On this one, listen to John. The new Kodak EK4 yep. camera. So James, in 1974, as you saw from the beginning, with the uh, flub that uh, Mr. Watkins made on the uh, take one of our intro, the Dennis James daytime. Uh, Barker fell ill in late December of 74. The episodes are broadcast around Christmas Day, so he substituted in for a filming day of the daytime version. Hence the pinch hitting bit. And did so concurrently while hosting another daytime gig, NBC's Name That Tune, at the same time. Oh, she's only going to get one shot at this. All right. When the price tags come back, we'll each make our prediction. Eric, pause when they bring back the price tags. Got you. Eric can't pause it. I have to pause it. Well, someone fucking pause it. But this is also the longest of the syndicated runs. Pause. I'm trying to get it, the price tags on the screen. There you go. And this had 300 episodes, this version. Final one, March 12th, 1980. Calm down, Nielsen. We're playing a pricing game. 6324. 6748. 6050. Brian? 6235. Sorry, so Brian's in agreement with Toby. Uh, the 5977, uh, nobody said. Yeah, nobody has nobody has that. I have the most expensive price 
the cheapest price goes to to the second cheapest I get. The cheapo goes to nobody. Yeah, nobody picked El Cheapo. All right, run it. Sixty-three twenty-four is her first choice, and that is not it. I'm out. No, yeah, that's right. She gets one for free. No, she got two of the four prizes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I saw that at the end. Did I get it right? Nope. Who got it? Sixty-fifty. <laughs> a brand new low mileage car, just what I needed. And nope. with the, the polish, the oil, and everything. All right, oh, guys. Start and a plug of the home game. A plug of the home board game, yes. Because that was definitely a thing for game shows so, in the so, 80s. So to sum up how the 30-minute version went, yeah, we don't need the clip anymore. We can get ready for Tom Kennedy in a moment. Yeah, three contestants go up on stage to play pricing games. The top two winners are in your showcase round. Showcase plays as the showcase does. See, I don't, I don't care for only three contestants playing one stage. I think that's my biggest problem with the syndicated version. Well, you only had 30 minutes. I understand that, but if you knock out some of the Gaga, you could probably fit four pricing games in. No, because even then... It, it, you would have to run it very, very tight because even in the first half of your hour-long price is right. Yes, they squeeze in that fourth pricing game, but you've got four and the showdown or four and the showcase showdown. That's it. So showcases now take, and also showcases take a while to explain because showcase gimmicks were a thing back then, just like gimmicks here on the W2M network are a thing. I will admit they did like to do the whole the whole thematic showcases and stuff. So I mean that does make sense. And one of those gimmicks is playing the fact that you're listening to Life is Like Game Show here live at the W2M network. Where can you find us, Harry? Because I don't know how the rest of this gimmick goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, as as Jonathan just mentioned, this is Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite audio resources for podcast listening, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast. Rate and review us five stars on Spotify. Make sure you check us out on Google Pod and Apple Pods as well. In addition, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Twitch is W2M Network. Twitter, Twitch is W2M Net. I'm still learning this one. No, Twitch that's is, fine. Twitch is W2M Net everywhere else. else is W2M Network except for TikTok, which is W2M Network 2. Let's move over to conversation about Mr. Tom Kennedy. Maybe bust some blocks in the puzzles. Um, I do need to mention one more thing about that I forgot about the. I would definitely take your time with that. Ah, you need a while. Okay. After the fifth nighttime season, 1977, when the contract with NBC's own operated stations and Dennis James's contract was not renewed. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait, that's worthy of. So, Bob Barker had to pull double duty for the last three seasons. Oh, 
The thing about syndication and that old FCC primetime access rule. Eric, I'm going to need you to do me a favor while Brian is busy. I'm going to need you to find me a clip of Bob, Bar Bob Barker hosting a syndicated episode of The Price is Right. Mm. If such clip exists. That's the rub. Well, I, I know a lot of these older episodes, 70s, 80s and stuff, are very difficult to find. 80s are a little bit more common nowadays with the advent of the Pluto TV, the Bob Barker era channel for Price is Right. Ah, well, I'll be. I believe Mr. Watkins is a monkey's uncle. Yeah, the, Not the way you find out the difference between day and nighttime, and this still is done today, the show numbers, if you ever see an episode with the slate on it, if you see a D at the end, that is a daytime. Oh, so speaking like of slate, so like speaking this? of this, hold on, hold on. No, I oh, got hey, something better. I got something better. Look excited. The price is right. N0335, videotape 2, 2686. That's that, a Kennedy. Yeah, I was about to say that feels like a Tom Kennedy. It is a Kennedy. Yes, yes, get the Kennedy out of here. Too bad we're going with it. No, we're not. No, we're going with Bob Barker. Because I, I queued up Watkins for a Bob Barker version. God, thank you all. Look, and not to mention, did you really have to find the one where I was firmly watching from inside the belly of Mama Watkins? Really? Who, me? Yes. February I'm sorry, that was the that was the only one that I could find. Okay? February 26, 1986. I was born about four months later. I had just turned a year old. Two weeks I wasn't prior. even alive or close to being conceived yet. Don't so. find no 83s or else uh, I'm in the same boat uh, Mr. Watkins was in back then. All right, play the clip. This is the Price is Right production number. For those of you listening on the audio version, this is Bob Barker hosting the syndicated version of the Price is Right, not the daytime. The finale of Sydney Run number one. So apparently, an important episode in the Cindy Run for Bob Barker. Cute, but conservative. Well, I mean, again, 80. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the sparkle effect, though. Bouncy. Again, 80. Yeah. She's cute. I'll point out that most of the Family women... show! <laughs> Just saying she's cute. I will point out that most of these women coming on down at this point are either old enough to be my grandmother or probably possibly deceased at this point. Whoa! Tight! Stop the clip! Oh, oh, oh. Rewind back to the fourth contestant coming down, please. Who, ironically enough, looks very much like my old man did back in that day. Mm. And listen to Johnny O. Oh, we get a second look at the cutie? Cool. Did he just say Dennis Goldberg? Maybe. Maybe. 
even though Bob was doing both, he still said star of the nighttime price is right. Bob oh, Bob. yeah, you had to differentiate the two. Always. And that's differentiation really happened when they got rid of the new after the first couple seasons. Are you in a good mood tonight? So is this basically like the daytime version just with a higher budget? Kind of, sort of. Yeah, pretty much. So there you had there you had the nighttime version of the prices right, uh, link, seventy two to eighty. A link to episode in show description, possibly. Can we do that? Um, maybe legally sketchy, possibly. Yeah, give as as we discussed in other different episodes off air. We highly encourage our listeners and viewers. To go on and perform searches if they want to see these particular clips themselves. So no direct access will be given. However, these clips do exist in the in into the ether. There you go. I mean, if we can find them on YouTube, so can you. Thank more, you. More yes. or less. All right, so, let's switch. Let's switch over to Mr. Thomas Kennedy. Cut to eighty-five. One year run through to eighty-six. Thing of note that happened in this era, that $100 bill in Bob's pocket became $500 in Mr. Kennedy's pocket. And would eventually make the switch on the daytime version as well. In 1998, yeah. Remember, can I hit the button already? Inflation. The price is right. Hold on, hold on. I got some words. I got some wise words of wisdom from you. Or for you all here from Rod Roddy. Look excited. The price is right in 0335 videotape 22686. Do we have to look excited? <laughs> yes. And all new shows sparkling with excitement because of fortune and Show the prizes. Show the prizes. Show the prizes. The price is right. Flash Tom Kennedy. Flash Tom Kennedy. I mean, I could, but that would be weird, and that would mean you were moving pants. Family show. Fun fact. Tom Kennedy related to Bill Cullen, of all people. I think I just broke you are the first one to know this. <laughs> is right. And now, here is the star of the nighttime. Price is right. Now, Kennedy! This is a goddamn family show! <laughs> Alright, start talking about the show. So, Kennedy... Oh, my God. 170 episodes, September 9th, 85 to May 30th of 86. During the six years that GSN held the price rights, Kennedy is the only of the three syndicated versions to be rerun by GSN. She flew all the way from 
Kentucky to hear one of her. So say, here's the problem that plagued the Kennedy era. A new greenhouse. That old primetime access rule. Oh, this is the episode I watched in preparation. Nice. You had a lot of game shows and syndication clamoring for those primetime access slots. Mm-hmm. Local stations were bombarded. So with the crowded markets as they were in Cindy economy, as it were. Oh, when crap. did this show end up getting aired? I didn't mean to do that. Ultra late night to beyond midnight. Oh, that was the death knell of the Kennedy era. Also, real quick. You can go uh, back to me, Eric. I fixed it. Sorry. Great high are... expectations. Didn't quite meet them because of the market. Real quick, to our to our main viewer, and we thank Toby for watching. And we thank Toby for watching. Nothing I said earlier was not a family show. Well, about not about the contestants on the uh, on the Barker episode. I think he was referring to the bouncy comment. That was just me spitting facts. You're not wrong. You ain't lying. Oh, interesting thing of note here, though. When we lost Johnny Olsen, because it did happen within this year, Gene Wood came in to replace Herman. No rotating guest announcers. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I had to like. So if you like your family feud references, you can steal an announcer from that show here on the Kennedy yep. Nighttime Prices, right? As they're about to play safe crackers. This is one of the games I missed from the daytime version. They don't play this on daytime anymore. So what do we got in the safe tonight? The car. Very rarely was safe crackers ever played for a car. You sir need to watch more nighttime. Mazda. They're playing for a Mitch Trubisky? Pause the clip. Pause the clip. And Broadhurst, give that man the monkey he deserves. Broadhurst Walking Sports Report every Thursday here on the W2M Network. Did I just get a double monkey? Yes, thanks to the reverb. Apparently, Toby's not a family show. Mark, Toby is never a family show. Damn it, Toby. Sharing is caring. Those three numbers in the price of the luggage are, the numbers are, zero, two, and a six. I want you to dial the right. I would say that's $260 a luggage. I would. 602. I would say that I can't answer this because I saw this episode already. I was close. Over here, Mark. Let's talk this thing over. Did you hear the audience groaning? They didn't like that at all. <laughs> they didn't like two sixty. They liked six twenty. That was the price. Six hundred twenty dollars. But don't forget, you did win that beautiful greenhouse, and we thank you very much. All right, much. kill the clip. Sorry, I didn't want to. I already won a car today. 
So, like I said, I didn't answer specifically because that was the episode that I watched in prep work for tonight's episode in order to associate myself with the Kennedy version. Honestly, the Kennedy version and the James version are more or less the same. So, I got about a year. Flash forward eight years. The next one only got 16 weeks. Because it even had a harder time finding an audience. Wait a, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Television. John, shut up. <laughs> we have to make sure that Brian's ready for this conversation before we continue. Brian, are you good? I think are he you... was born ready for this version. I mean, oh, oh we're queuing up for that. Yeah, I was about to say. I give you the warm up, and I keep getting cut off by this man over here. It's supposed to be my voice of reason. Well, well, I'm sorry, you, I'm having you, technical difficulties. That's you because getting cut off by him helped him go ahead and fix everything. The guy to my immediate right needed to set up the clip for the version you were introducing. I thought we were still talking about Tom, Tom Kennedy. We we that just finished Kennedy. we just finished Tom Kennedy. We're moving over to the I'm point. sorry. I You're good. That's that why that man understands. That's why I tried to stop him from transferring so quickly. So let's go back to the Tom Kennedy edition real quick. I'm good. I'm good. So right. if I get take two. You cannot yet. Give me a second here. Um Kennedy, of course, would be more famous for different game show iterations, i.e. blockbusters, oh. which would air on CBS as well. As well as Body Language, also another CBS show. As well as, as well as I Password Plus after we lost down London. I liked Body Language. I like that. See, I, I, think that, I think Password Plus is underrated. I actually like Password Plus. And even more than that, the hundred thousand dollar name that tune. See, I was not huge. I'm not huge on name that tune. What? Like, like I, I, I get the purpose. I understand it. I think the problem for me is there's that generational gap going back and watching them. Like I go back and I watch episodes on YouTube and stuff. But I think there's a generational gap there where I just sit there feeling stupid for not knowing most of these songs. It's partly that, but at this point, I'm almost tempted to not get the flight to Idaho. But instead of getting a flight to Ohio, it's a no I for me, dog. I'm that tune fan, by the way. Did he really just? <laughs> did he really? Did I, did I really you just want to give that man a monkey? <laughs> I was available in the archive. <laughs> and I'll mute myself so we get less echo. A Randy Jackson reference from the current edition of Name That Tune. Which the celebrity edition of Name That Tune is going to be premiering soon. By the way, if you think we're too heavy on the monkey, and you have a problem with that, and you need a voice Marty Bass. Answer, you can send that hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. Like I'm about to send a message to <laughs> a flag. <laughs> and tell this guy his 1994 version only lasted 16 weeks because it was absolute garbage. You got a problem with that? Come at me, bro. <laughs> I missed. There was a flag on that play. There were multiple flags on that play. 
First flag. Unnecessary roughness towards Davidson. That's an automatic ejection. Red light. Second penalty. Illegal use of promo. All right. Go back to the four of us, Watkins. Rich. Well, I was just going to say. Uh... Davidson was a good host. They gave him a shit format. Okay, no, look, look, look. We'll wax poetic about this in about 30 seconds, okay? We do have something to discuss about the reasoning that this show failed. In a lot of markets, this show was late afternoon slash early evening, and most of its runtime occurred during the O.J. Simpson trial where a lot of television stations were in 24-7 coverage of the Simpson trial. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, okay. Am I about to get a flag thrown at me now? I think we're stealing, uh, to quote a strong bad episode of uh, Homestar Runner, I believe we're stealing his email thunder. I, I did my research for once. Don't yell at me. I see that, and I appreciate it, but, 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 but <laughs> let me talk about my own <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, first of all, why are los fanáticos hispanohablantes? English! You would have already heard about where to send your hate mail. Marty Bass, if you speak Spanish, shout out to you. Second of all, as you may have... As you may have noticed, this particular syndicated version is awfully contentious here at Life is Like a Game Show. This is going to be time devoted to one Mr. Brian Espinoza, who happens to be senior producer, who I happen to also do multiple other podcasts with, for him to go on his soapbox and wax poetic about this. And all fights will ensue approximately four seconds after he's done. You missed something. Which part? My headphones are coming off right now. Oh, no. Okay, no, no. Are you really going to do a volume warning? Do I really have to put a volume warning? No. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, did you not see the chat? I have. I have, I have now. I have a mig- <laughs> I have a migraine. Please no, don't. No, no. You may want to just hold on. I'll be nice. Right, headphones be- are out. Okay, he took them off. All right, here we go. Hit the clip. Hit the clip. Hit the clip. Price is right with Doug Davidson. Show zero zero one five in VTR date seven twenty four ninety four. I think this is the episode I watched. From Studio 33 in Hollywood, home of America's favorite game, but the world's most fabulous prizes, it's the new Prices Right! Here's a host of the new Prices Right! And the best one of all of them! Davidson! 
Okay, before you get all soapboxy here. I intentionally left my headphones out for that little interlude. All right. Oh, pause. hello. That's Ferrari Harris. Hi, everybody. Pause. Again, I did my research on this one. Told me that this could be the most exciting show in. Yeah, this is the one I watched. Television. I'm surprised you found that clip on YouTube because I've never actually seen this episode before. This is a recent find for me because it's also a recent upload. Yeah, well, in fairness, my recent watch of this was like two days ago. So, again, I'm actually shocked. I, I did. I did my research. All right, so back to the conversation of the man in question here at the podium with, with the skinny mic in his hand. Um, That's not a skinny mic. And That's there ain't no podium. <laughs> the man holding the microphone on the goddamn stage. Jesus Christ. Fair. Anyways. First of all, is it just me or does he remind you of Ray Combs? Not just you. No, not just you. Okay. Two. Again, I have absolutely no problem with Doug Davidson. None whatsoever. I thought he did very well with what he was given. Yes. The, the problem isn't the who, it's the how. Or to quote Stone Cold Steve Austin, the what? <laughs> Go ahead. Get on your soapbox. Let's hear why this show was a good idea, even though it wasn't. Is it okay if I leave you full screen during the soapbox moment? I could see the blood vessels in his forehead starting to pop. It's kind of weird. Ugh. Can't stay mad at me when you're laughing. Hey guys, he's been waiting three weeks for this. I mean, you're not wrong. It do be facts, though. Welcome to my final thought on all things of The Price is Right. Oh, please hold. Old man yells at Cloud. <laughs> that's usually my thing. I was going to say, that's his thing, not mine. Um, yes, hi, welcome to Doug Davidson. Please go to the clip. Oh. You know you can share your screen yourself, right? First yes, but right I can't control along, so Burton, I need Eric a and the StreamYard okay, buttons Doug. to what Those camera goes where. Lopez. Come on as I was previously stolen in topic before we got into this. Yes, Doug Davidson's era of The Price is Right was played by... You are with the Navy. I'm in the Navy. Television circumstances beyond its Who did you bring with you? I got my friends over Namely, one man who has... Uh, Created an infamous meme that will live on in infamy of if, you think if the glove does not fit, in this. you must acquit. It's a shame because The Price is Right was a very comfortable glove that should have fit. Unfortunately, it was acquitted right off of television. Real quick, 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 quick chime in. Model, model for car. Worth $15,909. Pause for a second. <clears throat> just real quick. The, okay, we can, yeah, we can just go ahead and lower the audio on that, though. That'll work. The model standing over by the car, her name is Julie, and she's your 1995 penthouse pet of the year. And I, I was going to say, with the air date, it was actually lucky that it waited that long 
because not only would it had to deal with the juice being loose, but this aired just after the first ever World Cup final to go to penalties. USA 1994, Brazil beating Italy. Yes, I can, Doug. Yeah, I can tell you right now that people did not care that much about soccer here in the U.S. in 94. Yet, why do we still have the all-time attendance record for a World Cup tournament? Because everybody flew over here to watch it. All right, Brian, the floor's back to yours again. Um, yeah, so... This shock resistant watch with three multifunction alarms also performs as an altimeter, barometer, and stopwatch. Yeah. Again, gloves should have fit, right? It should have it should have stayed on television. Series of unfortunate events caused this show to get preempted by news a lot of major markets through almost pretty much its entire run. I honestly, in my criticisms, which I do have, contrary to popular belief, um, I do think the I do think that this format had some flaws, right? And I'm not happy with that because if you've noticed. A lot of the international versions have based their format off of this one because this is the format that Bruce's Price is Right based itself off of. The three contestants with the two top winners going to the showcase. Actually, no, this is not that format, sir. It's similar. Um, no, because it's similar, it's similar enough, enough cha- liberties of change have been taken, but at its base, it's still the Davidson 94 format. So here's the issue that I have with this version. I've already watched this episode, so I'm going to kind of chime in here. I think we might match on this, Harry. Go ahead. It's the fact that they use the one bid, but they use the one bid to decide who plays the showcase. First off, I just want to throw out something for the uh, audio listeners. That was a hole in one, and one of the prizes was $140. That's what I was thinking, too. Davidson's, I was going to say, Davidson's prize budget was very comparable to a million-dollar spectacular or a feature... or uh, like the salute to the troops, which we'll be getting into in a few moments here as well. Real quick, I'm just going to tell our, I'm just going to tell our visual, yeah. list, our visual watchers to pay attention. Okay. He's a naval officer. And the crowd at the seventeenth hole goes wild. It was kind of a Cinderella story. Dana Augusta. <laughs> Give that man a monkey. A brilliantly echoed monkey. 
Yeah, not sure why the monkey is doubling up, but okay. Because when you're capturing audio from a screen share like this, here's my run. All right, pause the show for a second. Let's go back to the four of us. We could keep the show running, but <laughs> okay. Another this... contestant comes up, goes straight to the stage. Yeah. Harry, are you pondering what I'm pondering? Well, I've already seen this episode, so I know what happens. Where's contestants row? Contest it's there. It's used late. Contestants down contestants row. Oh, because this is a highly accelerated format, and they don't got time for one bit. Uh, actually, they do have time for one bid. You'll see it a little bit later in the show, which is the thing that pisses me off. Well, they don't have time for one bid after, or to determine every single contestant that makes it on stage. The Rescue 911 pinball machine is nice, and again... One bids can take, especially if the contestants go over multiple times. I noticed Eric just Pay over or even if it's an all over bid once, it completely no. will mess up the pacing of the show. This is 30 minute syndication, which means probably about 23 minutes of actual TV time. 21 or 23, yes. You notice that Eric perked up as soon as the model was on the treadmill. I mean, I, I'm a fan of exercising. You have to have right form on a treadmill. Uh -huh. now, That's what we're going with. Okay. See, even Toby, even, even real quick, even Toby gets it. Show, show the comment, Eric. Which one? The most recent one. There you go. <laughs> All right, Toby. Here, and I'll give you that one. Yeah, he's right. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Stacey Keebler, too. So, legs, yeah, that's a thing. She but, got legs. 19. Oh, how did you say them? That's myself. Fair enough. <laughs> 1956. One bid was the show. Yes. 1972. It came back. One bid was the anchor. Daytime and nighttime. 85, they went to syndication, brought it back. They brought it back with the one bid and still got it in the 30 minutes. You take out one bid from the beginning. This is not the price is right. You may bring the others back. Uh, that really grinds my hold, gears. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to counter with this. Send them full screen. There's only three pricing games played in this format. Kennedy dealt with three. So you potentially have what? You bring up four, seven three. contestants. So yeah, you have seven contestants vying for three. Oh no, I take that back. Six, four, one, one, six. Not even, not even like Barker would have those kind of numbers. He did the seventy-two. I think what it would end up happening is you would have to you would have to adjust the games that you play on stage in order to be able to fit the one bids in. Exactly. Yeah, you need to play some shorter pricing games like your bonus game and such. But like, even uh, then, if you take a lot of those pricing games out of rotation and you don't have the variety, it gets stale 
fast. Oh no, I'm not, and that's that's a definite problem of having to set up Fair. this situation. I mean, here. so I mean, the, they already were changing pricing games to fit with the format. Hell, we just saw the changes in the first pricing game played in Hole in One. Instead of picking all six items and placing them in order, they revealed the prices immediately, and they were only put onto the hole in one course. No, no, they, they, they did that properly. The only difference is you did not have the signature Bob Barker demonstration putt. No, instead of revealing prices after the contestant, they revealed the first six items. The all... price for each item was revealed after it was chosen and only placed in line if it was more expensive than the one behind it. All six were placed, sir. Yes, this is what I'm saying. The only difference was you didn't have the signature demonstration putt. Otherwise, I think this is an early episode before they did that then, but through the remainder yes. of the run. Through the remainder of the run, they made that change for even faster pacing. So you're both correct. Technically correct. Um, kind of correct. Toby actually raises a good point. We have to be careful talking over each other like that. But the point being there is that, yeah, they actually did have him pick all six in a row. Now, as the uh, as the ver the nighttime version expanded, the syndicated version expanded, then the the prizes were revealed um, one at a time as they were selected and placed. And yeah, um, I almost said Combs because he legit reminds me of Ray Combs. Davidson never did the Barker signature practice putt in order to give the idea of like the green and how it would slope or slant or curve or whatever. He's a soap actor. A soap, a soap so opera actor. There we go. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. Some of them have actually had quite the athletic careers behind them. I hear I that mean, sound. There's other changes that happened here like as mentioned, hole in one, which is listed on the non-academic credible. Let's go back to Brian so that way he can vent because he looks like he's about to blow a gasket. And you change Barker's markers to make your mark. That makes sense. Go back to Brian, Eric. Go ahead. So as was being said, the show was good. Mm. The reason why... I think a lot of people don't like this version of The Price is Right. They're used to Bob Barker. This show was not targeted to them. This was a version of Price is Right that, in all honesty, was... It was modernized tremendously, right? This right. was... If, if Bob had, and I, I knock on wood here because Bob's still alive. Bob but, is the last of the first generation still alive. I'm knocking too, buddy. If Bob had dropped dead in 94, this is what the new set would have looked like for whoever the new host would have been at that time. Just like how when Drew took over the first season, okay, they kept it very much to Bob's aesthetic. But once Drew had a whole season under his belt mm -hmm. and started really getting comfortable with the changes, oh man, you saw the creative direction and the and the aesthetic direction on the show 
go in a totally different direction, especially the technology. Toby says blasphemy. Toby says blasphemy. I disagree. I'm with you on this one, Brian. I am partly. I disagree completely. This was the prices, to, to, to use another term, this was the prices right for the millennial. Uh, as a millennial, I still disagree. As a millennial myself, I, I don't I mean that in argument. a literal term. I mean that is in a correlation. Well, think of it less millennial, maybe Gen Xer and the millennials who were kids at the time. But as the Gen X millennial cuss person on this team disagree. God, I made the wrong fucking analogy here. Yeah, you did. Apparently tonight is take two night. Go ahead, Brian. Pick up. My point is, is this was not intended to be a Dennis James, a Bob Barker, or a Tom Kennedy carbon copy shortened clone ripoff of daytime hour-long price with a bigger budget. I'll agree with that. And giving out $100,000 cars for ratings. Fair. This was a modernized version of the prices right with much quicker pacing, elements of the show that they removed because well, quite frankly, they didn't think they would work in a modernized version of price. In all honesty, and I and I, and I and I will say this, if you truly don't like how this format worked, you have two people to blame for this. Kathy Greco and Jay Wolpert, who were two very long-time tenured producers of The Price is Right, know the format inside out, backwards, and can do it in their sleep, and know what was good and what was bad for the show. And I feel that this was a format that experimented with changes that would otherwise would have been considered inconceivable to Bob Barker in an attempt to say, here is the plan if Bob Barker croaks so basically, or retires. So basically price 2.0. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I, I really mean- feel... That this version was, and that's why I'm so staunchly adamant about it, because I don't think people give it the due course and credit that it deserves, because they sit there and consider this as some cheap, crappy knockoff of hour-long daytime price, where it's, you know, completely unfaithful, bastardized version, when in reality, I think you have to go to exactly how it was, you know, officially titled The New Price is Right. Okay, go go ahead and bring us all back full, full, full wide here, Eric, because I have, I have a counterpoint to that real quick. Here's the issue that I have with that. I would have no issue with this becoming the new format for The Price is Right if it didn't deviate from two classic standard Price is Right stand-ins. The modernization of the set design, the modernization of the look and the appeal of the show... Having contestants come straight up on stage afterwards, I'm okay with that, honestly. The one bit I would miss, but I would get over. 
You took away. I, I think. I think if they if if it came down to it, I don't think they would have gotten rid of the one bit entirely, uh-uh. even even to the point where they were doing it with the showcase showdown. I think that was an honest to goodness. We need time cut. Okay, but the other thing that they get rid of on a lot of them, it's for those for those eliminators right before the showcase on the uh, Davidson era. And I again, I did my research on this. I watched multiple episodes from the Davidson era because I knew this would be a talking point here. One of them, this particular episode that we just aired clips of, was the one that had the one bid as the what basically amounted to the showcase showdown. The I other mean, that, that was a pretty standard format, yeah. The other episode that I watched had the wheel spin as the showcase showdown to lead into the one person playing for the showcase. So I think the problem is, is getting rid of both of those staples at different variations in time on the show caused traditional fans of the price is right to feel as if it veered too far away from what the price is right should be. In addition to taking it into that modernization of the show, I don't have an issue with, with, uh, with, with Dave Davidson. Doug Davidson. Doug Davidson, excuse me. I apologize for that. Anyways, we're going to confuse that on some point here because there is another game show. John Davidson, no relation, I believe. I don't have an issue with Doug Davidson. I thought Doug Davidson did an excellent job as the host there. I thought he was very personable. He was very quick-witted. He was very intelligent. He knew the show. I had no problem with him. I had no and problem. I, and I and I think it's 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 there's a touch of irony here. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Harry. You're good. But I, I I think there's also a touch of irony here that Doug Davidson came from quite literally right next door in the young and the restless. Mm-hmm. He was one of the leads for the young and the restless, which I think worked in his favor because he had a stage presence about him, which allowed him to adapt to that audience format for the prices. Right. Again, I don't have an issue with the way the show was designed either. The modernization of the technology involved specifically being the electronic video screen and the modernizations that we would eventually see added to the actual daytime version of the show as well. If I can real quick, I think this color scheme was a little too dark, but I think that's the point. Tech, yes, agree. I think yeah. that's the point though, in darkening the entire studio, 94 was part of the grunge or, or, era. Yeah, price. Yeah, okay. price was still using, and a lot of game shows were still using their late '80s color palettes, which were the you know shag orange was a was a huge. Well, but I they mean, kept yeah, it getting, through the '70s to through the '80s, like you yeah, said. Yeah, it's like the '90s were definitely a renaissance in game shows because. Game show started realizing, hey, it's a different world out there. We're coming up on Y2K. It's the 90s. We got the internet. We got cable. You know, all of this stuff. We need to modernize our shows. And when you look at it, when you when you put it at that argument, I think that honestly, new prices right with Doug Davidson is a forerunner in that regard. And it's an absolute shame and and honestly, television tragedy. That he suffered the or that it suffered the fate that it did, getting constantly preempted by sports, the Olympics, OJ Simpson, you fucking name it. Let me ask you a question, Brian. Let's imagine the unthinkable happens to Bob Barker. 
hypothetically. Uh, Eric, as a matter of fact, I've got a question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I am glad I parked that idea to remind myself of that topic in my head in the chat over there so I don't forget it. Uh, here's my question. Let's imagine the unthinkable happens to Bob Barker here. And he's no longer with us in 94, 95 when Davidson has control. And Davidson takes over the Price is Right as we knew it then. One, do you The think big kahuna. Yes. He goes the, day, to, the, yeah. the one hour daytime. He, he, he goes up to the big show. Yes. Welcome to the big show, Kenny May. Big Wrong big show. Mine was a mine was an ESPN reference, Sean. That, as was mine. Mine was a wrestling I, reference to our uh, crossover fans, as you said earlier. But back to what I was about to ask here. Two part question for you. You ready, Brian? Oh, you hit me, man. One. Like Eric said, I've been waiting for this topic for three weeks, buddy. One. Do you transfer the Doug Davidson format to the daytime while still keeping the one bit in the big wheel? The format entirely, no. Some of the rule changes that were implemented, yes. Two, is Doug Davidson the new host of The Price is Right? 100%. Three, is The Price is Right still on the air with Doug Davidson as its host? Today? Uh, no, I mean, does the show survive if Davidson takes over for Barker back in the 90s? I say no. I think it does. I honestly think it does. I think, and Drew Carey has proven it, and, 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 and I, I will make this argument. Drew Carey walked into Price is Right at some of the lowest ratings in, its show, in the show's history. The show had stagnated to the point where for Mantle, which had now con had full total control of the Price is Right at the time that Bob Barker left, felt it necessary to gut half of the staff and bring in a new creative producer whose sole job was to completely revamp the show. Yes, Mike Richards is a dick, but we have to acknowledge the credit and give him the proper credit for what he did to keep the prices right on the air. And we did have that because conversation. Because as much as I hate to have to fucking say it, if it weren't for Mike Richards, prices right would be dead. To quote a movie, you're, if you're asking Mike Richards, did you willingly change the prices right? He will answer, you damn right I did. But game show fans at the time could not handle the truth. I honestly think if Davidson had taken over in the mid-90s and they let him keep Rod Roddy, now don't get me wrong. I love Burton Richardson. He is a great announcer, especially a great sub-announcer. If I had to choose between him and Rich Fields to take over after Rod Roddy passed, that would have had to have been a literal coin flip. Agreed. That's how much I love those two guys. But if you gave... Doug Davidson, not to be confused with John Davidson of the Hollywood Squares. Or Dave Davidson, who apparently exists. But if you gave Doug Davidson the prices right in 94, 95, right? 
you let him keep Rod Roddy. You let him modernize the set. Maybe you work in the rule changes and some of the new pricing games or the featuring of pricing games that was heavier on Davidson as opposed to daytime over the course of a season or two. I think Doug Davidson could have ran with that for 10, 15 years, just like Kerry has. Eric, you've been awfully silent on this topic. Let's get your answers. And honestly, this is the thing that I was going to say as far as with Brian's point. One, having everything, again, keeping the one bid, keeping the wheel. Yes, more like uh, the half-hour version, but with that set and mixing some elements of the hour version. Yes, you would have had to have some cuts eventually but as brian said work those in over time say you start the beginning of the 94 95 season by the time you start the 97 98 season it's fully molded two years and you've worked those changes in so gradually that nobody notices well, yeah, like, that kind of that's the key to making changes on a long running game show. And that's kind of the point that we brought up when we talked about the transition over to Drew Carey last week. Like I said about the frog in the pot. Just like last week. You do because because think about it. And and Eric's right. Look at Carey. And and I, I, I and this is the this is really this is the strongest argument that I could make because unfortunately it's the only one that that I think exists. But it, it proves my point here, right? Kerry walked in. Let's be honest. He had the lowest approval ratings out of everybody that was auditioned to be the host. Agreed. I saw some of the names myself. And... I mean, outside of some like one and done outliers like Mike Richardson, for example, he out of like the big serious names that were in actual contention for the show, he was the least expected and the least rated to get the show. Had the longest odds. All right. That, real... that, that is an indisputable fact. Real quick, uh, Toby's second to most recent comment here because he raises a very valid point. Okay, this... it's, it's Schrodinger's cat. But I'm going to say this, though, and this is kind of a hybrid as far as the answers to your other questions. Who do, do they do it? Yes. Partly out of sheer necessity, especially of course. for the market in the 90s. Does it last to today? Yes. But I don't think it lasts to today with Davidson as the host. No, Davidson would have retired David, by now. Davidson, yeah. I mean, hell, Davidson retired off of the young and the restless in 2018. He got canned from that. If I believe no, so he, he, he retired. No, he retired. retired. The man's old. The man's real, 67 real quick. Before we go any further, you are listening to life is like a game show. The price is right in syndication, prime time and international editions, a presentation of the W2M network online at W2Mnet.com. Ways to find us on all of your favorite audio and or video podcast formats available at the start of the show and will be reiterated once again at the end of tonight's broadcast. Mr. Espinosa, continue your point. Well, if I could 
briefly finish mine first? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Because so, I got interrupted by mine, but mine's is going to be long for sure. So Yeah, well, and mine's going to be quick. I think, and you hit the nail on the head, a 10 to 15 year run, I'll put it on the longer end, I think, towards... I mean, Carrie, Carrie is on 15 right now. And right. I think he's starting to run out of gas. Yeah, so this, so this is what I'm saying. You have that in 95. He retires in 2010. Which is when Kerry, about when Kerry took over anyways. So, yeah, so now you would be on a secondary host, maybe about three years away-ish from looking for a third successive host. Uh, Mr. Nelson, real quick, answers to the questions here. One, would Davidson have worked in the one-hour version of The Price is Right? Two, would he have lasted to the transition? Three, would the show still be on the air? Well, we're, remember, we're cycling back to me because I got a bit of a longer point to, to make on this. You're good. So. I'm just finishing up. my. I've got a question, and then we'll go back to you for continue your final thought. Davidson working short-term, yes. If they went the slow modernization... I think Eric was perfect on point. Give it till about 05 to 10. That's when you're looking for host number three. Show existing today. Again, if they did the slow modernization, yes. To get back to what Brian said about Jay Walpert and Fingers Greco, I think that the issue with 94 and the influence was more from Walpert's side than Greco. We've mentioned Hugh in the archives of this show. That is a Wolpert's genius mind at work. But when you have a guy who's willing to take that gamble, sometimes you're all craps. And I think he just went, pushed that envelope a little too far in marketing what is commonly called the new prices right. I have a screen share that, in image form, I think explains my point the best. That is the new Price is Right. Where is the word new in that 94 logo? We call it the new Price is Right. It did not call itself the new Price is Right. There's your problem. Didn't uh, the announcer actually call it the new price? Yeah, right it yeah. was always referred to as the new price is right on air. But you have to listen closely with the other syndicators to hear the nighttime price is right. And it's heavily emphasized by those announcers. Right. Just like it's heavily emphasized the new price is right in Doug Davidson's era. Oh yeah, you're you're kind of gra- I think you're kind of grasping at straws a little bit here. I, I see what he means with the local, but that. I don't hear that emphasis as much from Burtonson, but that's Bur- my opinion. Richardson. Burton Richardson. Burton Richardson. Burtonson is kind of close. I've been awake since eight in the morning. It's it's okay. I'll, I'll be back. I'm gonna go find more Dave Davidson clips. Brian, you were saying Doug Davidson. That's what's the joke. Davidson. Anyways, that- I am exiting my soapbox. Take away, Brian. The floor okay. is once again yours, Mr. Espinosa. You 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 can you can you don't have to put me on full screen for this because I, nope. I, I I anticipate you guys chiming in here, which is fine. Um, 
back to back to my point here, right? I think Davidson works for the same in the same manner that Kerry worked, right? Kerry was the absolute long shot of odds, not to be confused with the catchphrase from a certain 80s game show, also done by Jay Wolpert. But Kerry was at long odds to get the show. Wasn't he was critically received in the bad way. And yet he's managed to technologically. He's brought a technological renaissance to a show that has badly needed it since like the early 2000s. Like Price is Right was well behind its time in using technology. Co-signed. Because the Price is Right and especially Bob Barker, God bless the man. The problem with The Price is Right, which changed with Carrie, and I think is the true reason why Carrie has managed to survive as long as he has, is because Carrie brought so much necessary change to the show that he was seen as a show's savior in a way. Now, not all of that is Carrie's doing. Again, as I said before, as much as we hate to have to credit it to him because of how much of a, you know, asshole of he is as a person. Um, I believe we need to change the final thought to uh, reference that individual. As much as, as much of an asshole of a person that he is, his create Mike Richards's creative genius did in fact help save the price. It not even did in fact it help. It flat out did save the price is right. <laughs> and trust me, I could say worse. I'm very well aware this is a family show. Uh, Toby with with all due respect, being an ass, calling him an asshole is generous. Very. We're going to go. Yeah. One, but, would even, one would even argue that he is an aubergine. Of the week. Of every week. But my point is, is Kerry did that to Price in, what was that, 07, if I remember correctly? 07. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Davidson had been able to do it with his set design and the technology that they that they put together in 94 for main price, as we'll call, as we'll refer to it here for the sake of argument. Network price. Network price at the time. Maybe Davidson doesn't last 10 to 15 years like Kerry has. And honestly, I didn't really go into this too far last week. I know I I, I I kind of alluded to it, but Carrie is indeed, I think, running out of gas, right? Like, I know we talked about this briefly. I think Carrie's running out of gas, but I think Doug Davidson's format was a technological renaissance of the show of a, hey, this is what Price is Right looks like modernized. And it was going after that audience that wanted to see a modernized prices rate. And I can continue this parallel comparison by saying, look at the models. And no, I'm not, Drew Carey is not running out of gas money, although he might be because, you know, endemic audience. 
But look at the models for new prices right compared to network prices right at the time. Network prices right, you've got lovely ladies like Janice Pennington, Diane Parkinson, so on and so forth. Women and and more specifically, models who have been on the show for a considerable time. I, I will, I will, I will, I will put this. Night, John, shut up, because I'm making a point here. I was just going to say the nighttime versions also carried those same people day and night. Listen. No, no, they didn't. Please, please let me get to my thought. They didn't. Continue your point, Brian. Network prices models were tenured, and that's putting it politely. They were a product of the times, and the times being the 70s and 80s, and I know we've discussed this partly in the whole Vanna White being eye candy for Wheel of Fortune. These models were the same for the prices, right? They were eye candy for a specific audience segment. Price 94 said, yeah, we'll take the models, but we're going to get people for the audience segment that we want to draw from. And you know who that was? That was, as Harry so uh, very well pointed out earlier, Julie, Cian uh, Julie Lynn Ciani, a Playboy model. You yeah. had Ferrari Ferris. And you had Lisa Stahl from Baywatch. I accidentally misspoke earlier. Correct about uh, Julie Ciani. Um, play, playmate. Cialini, I think it is, is actually how you pronounce that. I'm, I'm sorry. Somebody can correct me. But I, I called her the penthouse pet of the year for 1995. She was actually the playmate of the year for 1995. Continue. The pretty damn similar, honestly. Uh, I mean... Still, just a matter of correcting myself. Yeah. But my point is, is the Price is Right did not, and I'm sure they had the option to go get Janice Pennington and Diane Parkinson and the rest of the, the Barker's beauties to show up and do 94 Price, right? Just like how they managed to get Johnny Olsen and Rod Roddy to do the announcing and the models to do all the previous indicated versions. But... Fingers and Wolpert and everybody else involved with New Price was on to something here, right? They're like, no, we are going to go for models that will connect with the younger generation. And again, this is and this is why I say I think the show would would have lasted. And Price would not have died. Yes, you do need to replace Davidson at some point. He is good. He is not Bob Barker level good. I don't care how much of his own he comes into. Right? He eventually runs out of gas, just like, I, like I've said a couple times now. I believe Carrie's finally running out of gas. And I'm kind of surprised that Carrie's been on for 15 years. But the show was ahead of its curve 
And I think that's what ends up killing it. It aspired to do too much too quickly. Which is why I am so endearing to it. Because it was ahead of its time. I mean, for fuck's sakes. And and yes, I will drop an F-bomb here for this one. They got Ed Kalehoff, who did the original cues, to come back and do an entirely updated, modernized sound package for this syndication version. Which they haven't done since Bob did it in 72. And it was the first time any of that music really had been touched since the show originally went on the air. The next time any of these music cues would be looked at would be right before Carrie takes over when they start going into the million dollar spectaculars. And you can kind of say I'm way out there with this one and to kind of further my point and give a bit of a timeline. Like I said, with the modernization and how you do it gradually, like going into the 97-98 season, I honestly think you would have gotten more of an emphasis on the prime time stuff, especially in going into millionaire. And by no later than Oh two, you would have the daytime and nighttime specials like you have now, but the daytime version may have been scaled back to a half an hour. I know it sounds sacrilege, but if you're looking at the way the networks operated, especially going into the digital age, catering from the MTV audience and then on forward, it would have been that. And bad. that's exactly, and thank you, because that's what I've been looking for all night. This was a show geared to the MTV oh. audience. Maybe not so much scaled back, maybe, so, maybe split seasoned, like it's a half season order in an hour. It's split, the problem. The problem is, is. Paramount really Paramount had the syndication rights and was doing the syndication for new prices, right? For Davidson prices, right? And this was their first time with the syndicated run. Paramount, I don't think pushed prices right as much and as well as they could have. In fact, they pretty much marketed prices this version of prices right for fringe and access period time slots. You finally said what I've been trying to hint at. This was a marketing blunder. It was not presented to its audience the proper way. And now that you mentioned millionaire I get to get on the old man soapbox a little bit and say, 94 was not the time to go back to bring back game shows into the prime time. We have said this once before, albeit on a different show, which aired last Sunday. What movie came out in 1994, gentlemen? Quiz show. What was in everybody's mind when that Robert Redford film came out? 21. 
here we go with a game show in prime time. Not the time to debut this. I don't. On top too early. And then and then and then again on top of that, Paramount says here's here's filler, flat out. Here is filler. It gets a horrible market share pickup of only seventy eight markets. And there's like over 300 in the United States, if I if I remember correctly, at least. Um, and then the markets that are picking this up are putting it at the absolute worst times imaginable as far as death slots go. Is they would put it either before or after what essentially we would call tabloid television. They did this worse than they did Dirty to Kennedy. Like, and and this is the this is a time of 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 Americana, if you will, where tabloid television is at its peak because of O.J. Simpson. Jerry, Jerry. Not that kind of tabloid television. No, I'm talking like extra inside edition entertainment and, tonight. Thank you. That fun fact. I actually saw saw this looking up the Wikipedia for the um, new Prices Right, the Davidson edition. There, syndicated the same year that the show that would go on to become Extra started. Again, hmm. tabloid television was a thing, but because of the fact that the lead-ins and lead-outs to to the Prices Right were just abysmal. And it just was not getting any ratings because most of the time it was getting preempted in most of its markets anyways. Mm-hmm. Paramount just decided, hey, this is shovelware. It ain't working anymore. We're going to stop supporting it. We're pulling the servers down to use a video game reference. It's getting the Final Fantasy Eleven treatment. And they're just like, yep, nope, series is done. You get what you get. That's it. And when was it was all said and done, and the dust settles, sixteen weeks and eighty episodes, and it's an absolute and network. Harry, you're breaking up a lot. Just going to say networks that. Yeah, Harry, you're, you're... Hold on, can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, we're good. All right, I was just going to say, uh, 16 weeks, 80 episodes, and networks that had ordered it were told that they could either air reruns in syndication or be repaid for the purchasing time that they placed for the rest of the episode order because there would be no new episodes produced after the original 80s. They got this off the air faster than Jackie Gleason I would say I even... Those are harsh words. Oh, Those no. are fucking harsh words. Oh, no. There's something that went off the air even faster than I'm that. I'm sorry for Cir- mentioning that show, but... No, you're not. No, circling back. Is, circling back. A show in Australia. Not even going to mention the name. He's not now. At least Jackie Gleason got an episode. The show that I'm referring to... Got pulled mid premiere. They literally called and said, 
get this shit off TV right now. That's oh, the kind of treatment that this got. And I'm going to say this as well. If Kerry goes in a couple years' time, even with the current <laughs> modernization, with the way things are heading, we may be revisiting this conversation. Oh, price could definitely come to an end in our lifetimes. I'm not. I'm not CBS denying that. I have to look for a new 11 a.m. show, or well, even even I, a new 11:30 show. I said. I said this last week, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If CBS is smart, they go to Carrie and they tell Carrie, "Look, the pandemic has fucked up the show." And yes, I'm 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 going to some some stronger yes. words right now. The but pandemic, the pandemic has fucked up the show. You're running out of gas, plain and simple. Like he, he's not even before the pandemic, he really wasn't drawing in heavy viewership ratings, especially with everything that had gone on with him personally as well. That affected a few things. The pandemic's fucked up the show. Carrie's running out of gas. The show is having a unpressed, at least from what you can tell, like for the, for if you know how price functions, the show is having an, un, at least what feels like an unprecedented go of trying to find prize sponsors. Mm -hmm. I think more and more of the budget is going towards them having to buy prizes themselves. Alluding to the uh, scandals mentioned earlier regarding prize purchases. I think it's gotten the worst now because a lot of traditional advertising and advertisers, game shows are not it anymore. Online nope. and digital advertising is the thing especially on streaming services, because that's where the key demographics your, and the purchasing power is at. Your Hulus, your Netflixes, your Amazon Primes along with I, I will I will give you just two words to that effect. YouTube TV. Well it's it goes back to market viability this, as well. Yeah, it's this is not the price is right, as much as I hate to say it, is be is no longer a market viable show. The price is right's suitability to remain on television is hanging on by a literal thread. And I just I would not be surprised, even if nobody is saying it, and it's like, you know, closed hush hush at the highest fucking closed doors. Hashtag MegaCase. Hashtag MegaCafe. I would not be surprised if the Price is Right is running at a loss to CBS right now. Yeah. It is running on nostalgia fuse. Yeah. And and I think that's what they're doing is they're milking one last good nostalgia bit out of the 50th season. And if they're smart, they go to Carrie and say, look, 15 years is a good run. Bob did 25, you got 15, you're both going down in the history books. Do me a favor. 35. Do me a favor, pull Toby's comment back up, Eric. 
True, the market is no longer cable. Most shows are going to online platforms. Even Star Trek can be found on Paramount+. Plus. That might be your viability for Price is Right's future, actually. Going to a streaming service such as Paramount that CBS already owns, even if you're reducing the budget slightly to do so, and continuing the, the, problem, the, the continuing, problem is real quick. Let me finish. Continuing the nostalgia act there for people that are going to subscribe for your to that service. Yeah, go ahead. the The problem is, is the rights deals for the prices right are so convoluted it's not even funny. It would be a major right now. Right now, most of the rights to prices right, including reruns are owned by like some subsidiary of a subsidiary of Fremantle, which is partly controlled by RTL, which is partly controlled by Mark Goodson's heirs and estate. It's very convoluted. Okay, I'm going which to is, say- which is why they've somehow out of all of this originally had a deal struck to be able to go on buzzer. Now it's a different deal that's been struck. And Barker's episodes are finally, at least some of them, not all of them have been cleared, um, to rerun on a dedicated Bob Barker Price is Right channel on, or, uh, that is available on certain subscription services like Roku, Pluto, etc. Stir. Um, I will say this to that in terms of its current licensing. All 132 episodes of the current season of The Price is Right are avail- available on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, current. A- emphasis on current and yeah. doing right something like that. Anything outside of the current season of Price, the rights get really up in the air. Nothing, uh, to, to, to my knowledge, nothing available on any other specific platform for for modern price but all right we need to move forward here because what? we do we do I, still I, have I, I i we gave a disclaimer <laughs> couple couple of points if i may quick points i i i, I i'm gonna finish really quick on this because i've been cut off a couple times by comments and everybody else and and, and this is my legitimate final thought here uh, Toby, to answer your, your statement that you just posted inside of the comment there, go ahead and pull that up real quick. Uh, the closest you're going to get to that is Buzzer or he knows, Game, he knows about Game Show Central. He, he, or, again, he knows. That's that's as close as you're going to get for one concentrated variation with that all of the licensing and such. Those networks, we are damn lucky we even got them. Go ahead, Brian. Some of the, yeah, I was going to say, some of the rights negotiating that has happened... For some of those episodes, like I can tell you right now, MGHS is owned by like literally nine different stakeholders. And Thank the you, fact Martindale. And, Thank you. Yes. And the fact that people like Wink Martindale, Randy West, like uh, Adam Nadef have been able to sit down and get some of these people to come to the bargaining table for saying, hey, we would people want to see this stuff on on the internet on TV and people want this stuff to be accessible and not just gathering dust in a vault and the fact that they're able to get all these people to sit down at a table and come up with a deal is nothing short of amazing the but intervention i'd say if i can actually get the full screen finally 
The Price is Right, The New Price is Right with Doug Davidson, I think was the best format of The Price is Right. For the simple fact, as I've said before, that the show was bold enough where veteran showrunners of the show were trusted to go against conventional wisdom for what worked for The Price is Right, which is an American institution, which is regarded by many publications as the greatest game show of all time, including our own network. But the fact that this show was able to go against defied conventions, go against conventional logic and wisdom, and say, look, here is the price is right if we modernized it this day and age, right? And for it to have the success that it did have, where, sure, it only made a season, but the fact that the format still lives on to a certain extent. The music package certainly lives on, right? I mean, international versions, as I've said before, we saw it earlier. UK version took the 94 theme to prices, right? Almost the entire music package. Completely down to the whole, you know, using the family feud theme. Right? The modernization of the theme, the modernization of the set, the logo, the host, the models, the the prize budget, the prizes being offered are prizes that the MTV generation were interested in, not the 40, 50s housewife sitting at home playing along were interested in because they realized, hey, we need to appeal to a younger generation. We need to make price relevant Otherwise, the show falls off. More MTV, less VH1. Yeah. Yeah. I think for when you when you look at it that way and you consider the show on those merits and not the merits of the fact that it is a spinoff of a bastard, a bastardization spinoff of traditional prices, right? then I think if you can look at it that way, you'll appreciate the show the way I do. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I think that a lot of people don't see the show that way. They rather see it, like I said, as the whole, oh, they bastardized Bob Barker. This is an absolute shit show. What the hell is this game show garbage? When in reality, it's it's a bold experiment that I think worked. Just people weren't ready for it, and it came at the worst possible time in American television history. I don't know if I want to say American history in general, but definitely American television history. American pop culture history. That's, that. yeah, I could go for that. That's my two cents. That's my actual final thought on Doug Davidson prices, right? If 
if I can, I've been holding two points. One of which, actually, can't believe I'm going to say. I think there's a point from Toby that needs to be. Yeah, I was, I was literally. The most a, recent, the second most recent. That one. I've just got Very to say. I've just got to say this version you're talking about, the comparison to the new Legends of the Hidden Temple would fit your example. They modernized the Legends of the Hidden Temple to fit the young adult crowd rather than the kids that the original Nickelodeon yep. version aimed towards. I don't disagree with you, Toby. I think That's kind of like the other way around, but it is the perfect analogy, yes. But I, I, I don't disagree with you, Toby, but I think to the casual enthusiasts of The Price is Right, to the people that are so indo indoctrinated into the original version, it was probably too drastic of a switch too quickly. I agree. I oh, do yeah. agree. And that's yeah. why I said the majority of people look at this as a bastardization of Bob Barker. When that's not the lens that it was intended to be looked at, but because of Paramount's god-awful marketing blunder with this, combined with what was going on in popular culture and television at the time this was created and produced was effectively, and I hate to use this metaphor, but the perfect storm of circumstances to essentially shet, set the show up to fail from the word go. Two things. One, if this came out in 95 instead of 94, we would not be having the discussion we just had. No. Number two, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually agreeing with Toby on something that is almost but not quite dramatic reverb level. Is Eric, it Eric should be checking the if, his if blinds for the four horsemen? Here. Toby made the comment at a timestamp of 2.50 a.m. Eastern Standard. Eastern Daylight. Whatever. If you can pull that one up, Eric, it is from 2.50. This comment's been sitting for 13 minutes, and I haven't biting my tongue that long. That's the man who replaces Drew Carey. Fight me, bro. I don't. I fully agree. Same. Same. And again, we've already seen his audition tape. He did it for April Fool's. And honestly, I still say. Okay. Maybe not now. But I say between 2023 and 2025. Uh, I would cut say... Cut back. No, cut back the half hour. And uh, oh. Toby's lasted up just for validation. No, I don't think... I, mean, I, I don't think that... I don't think going back to a half an hour would work. I I'm going the to is, I'm, I I know I I actually have to agree with with Harry here. Pop, I don't think it's that... so it's so ingrained in pop culture that Price is Right is the the most exciting sixty minutes on television. That I, I think going back to a half an hour. Okay, there there. Price is Right. We know this. I, okay, I I disagree with both of you. They haven't said the fabulous sixty minutes or the are the most fun and exciting. 60 minutes in daytime television since Rod Roddy. It's in, it's, Rod. yeah, it's, 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 it's been a while, mm -hmm. but so I, I disagree with you on that specific point, but we'll agree to disagree, but hold on, hold on. 
I disagree that the show should move to 30 minutes. The Price is Right as a formatted show without making drastic changes to the level of Davidson. You cannot make that show 30 minutes. No, and this is what and I'm if saying. You, and if you... It, John, right now, The Price is Right is taping at 51 to 52 minutes as is. So basically, if you would go It's already technically 45 minutes. So yeah, if you go streaming service without commercials, you do 45. Or if you go network, you could do in that noonish area, but doing like a by maybe a four o'clock, four fifteen-ish. Nobody runs forty-five minute blocks in American television. No. Let me finish the idea. American, no. British, yes. Pair it with a fifteen-minute news brief to round out your hour. No. You want to bring back CBS Health Watch? No. Something like that. Australia, U.S., other parts of the Commonwealth. Oh. Fine. That would not play here. Really? Really? Nothing like, for the like C- world Like uh, Peter Jennings comes in with a world news brief or something. Nothing for the CBS Health Watch? Really? No, nothing for the CBS Health no. Watch. But can we get out of 94 here? And I've got I the perfect venue to get us out of 94. Wait, real quick. Dimension, but Harry, go ahead. I see you, Richie. Um, first of all, I think he deserved a monkey for the CBS Health Watch because I appreciated that reference. Thank, thank you. It took me back to the days of Channel 3 in school. Oh, come on, really? Nostalgia monkey. Give it. Give it. We haven't had a monkey in a while. Thank you, because I'm sorry. It was a common thing. The commercial break... The commercial break between the showcase bid and the showcase reveal was always CBS Health Watch. I never, honestly, I didn't really like CBS with, Health Watch. With, with Dr. Sanjay I mean, I really, I really didn't like it either because 95% of the time it was just some shill for some medication and it was really a paid advertisement from some CBS network anchor correspondent sure but it's still nostalgic nonetheless because it was constant and it was effectively a part of the show speaking of speaking of nostalgia segway um so we had this conversation last week i won't spend too much time on it we do need to get back to the million dollar editions and the primetime specials i was gonna say we're not at million dollar just yet the primetime specials and then, and then the million dollar editions, the million dollar spectaculars specifically. Um, Brian, we had this conversation, I think it was last week. There were two different games played yesterday that you would greatly appreciate. They played Pathfinder and Check Game yesterday. You've got to be shitting me. Both no. on the same show. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'll take a check game. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of Pathfinder. You don't know how to write checks in this modern age. But you know what? Hold on. I'll give, Hold on. I'll, I'll give them. Uh, yes, I know. It's one of your favorite games, Harry. I'm aware. 
You can give me the death glare into the camera all you want, just like I did to y'all earlier. But in fairness, y'all kept fucking, y'all kept fucking interrupting me while I'm trying to get up on my eight, six foot tall soapbox that I've been waiting three fucking weeks to get on. Eric, give yourself a monkey for the, for the Pathfinder sound effect as well. <laughs> I... That's what Brian just said. <laughs> the second most recent comment from Toby. Wait, people know what checks are? Let alone how to write them? <laughs> and I said that kind of incredulous I said that kind of incredulously because I feel like that's how Toby meant it. Um, but, however, his most recent comment that he just posted actually not true now yeah vinyl is huge I, once again toby i was gonna say my local walmart actually has like half of, literally half of an aisle of vinyl and most uh most major thrift shops pawn shops like the electronics exchange places are stacked in both old and current vinyls too i've got a couple of vinyls that i'm looking to build my collection yeah i was gonna say i know like current artists that are like fighting to get vinyl pressing right now uh tool for example does all of their albums same day release on vinyl as well as digital digital and physical cd mm. but i do want to i do want to harp back very very quickly to something that john mentioned before we we move on to our next segment okay and and, and i feel like we might what we might develop actually you know i think I think, if anything, I think this week is the perfect time to talk about this. Best rewind ever, Toby. Um, John mentioned a certain person taking over for Drew Carey. Pull up the comment. Uh, Toby did, actually. And <laughs> I have to agree. I think... If CBS decides to keep going with the show, right? As much as I like Drew, I think it's time for Drew to go. And Agreed. it's nothing against Drew. Like, I love Drew as a comedian. I love Drew as a person. He's really come into his own with the show, but he stagnated on audiences, right? And I don't think there's anything really you can do to get Drew over, uh, to use a wrestling term. We've seen this, the, the three of us have seen this in the live recreation convention travel side of things. If you don't have that rocking audience driving the energy of that room, you're done. And Drew can't, I don't think Drew gets it anymore. No. The pandemic can't give it to you. That, that's the other thing. The pandemic can't give it to Drew. And hold on, Harry, because I know you want to. I know you want to get in here, but I got to say this before I lose it. Drew is not performing to the and 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 I and I. This is honestly pre-pandemic for me, but Drew is not performing to a level that draws audiences. You need somebody who can come into the prices right, and honestly, this is a good milestone to do it. Like, if you have to have a regime change, now is the time. We are we are exiting COVID whatnot. Like we're we're going endemic, right? I mean, okay, I, I, Biden kind of said it in the State of the Union address. I'm not going into politics, but 
I I don't want to go into top. I don't I don't want to go into politics here on this show. I don't normally discuss politics. No, but politics, religion, and money. It's 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 safe to say that at least to some extent we are going endemic with COVID. To some extent, things are getting back to normal, right? If we want to make a regime change on price, the time is now before things get back to what I would consider a full normal. I disagree. And here's what I say that I say, and I just type this inside of the personal conversation and I will say it now to you guys there. I don't think current Drew is a fair assessment of his hosting capabilities of the show as is. Allow him one season to see how things go once we get a full audience return and then make a judgment as to what you wish to do with the future of Drew Carey as the host of Price is Right. And, this I, is and why- I countered that by saying he's had 15 years and his numbers have not really ever been absolutely great outside of the million-dollar spectaculars when he had the million-dollar winners and, and perfect bid. And like I said, another reason why and Brian, you made this point. Then I would love to go on to the specials. You made this point about with Craig and the radical change towards Davidson and going back to that half hour. It may not be now, but like I said, especially you're even past us and going to the Gen Z generation post-pandemic. At some point, it's beneficial one way or another. Everything is going faster. A lot of things in a general pace is going faster for that Gen Z. And if you want to keep that train going towards a Gen Z audience, I honestly think that half hour much more necessary than a full hour. Toby's second most recent. Toby, one second, Brian. Toby's second most recent comment is to Eric's point there. All right, go ahead, Brian, and then we'll let John finish, and then we'll get into the primetime specials. Um, I had a train of thought. About Drew Carey and the hosting future of The Price is Right. I had a train of thought. Right, oh, right. Drew Carey, uh, I think Toby's right. Drew Carey isn't hip anymore, right? He's, he's, Drew Carey is only doing The Price is Right. He's not doing comedy, and The Price is Right is not a comedy game show. At least Drew Carey has very much undoubtedly made it a non-comedy game show. At least in the Bob Barker era, you had showcases where the announcers got involved. I mean, we, you know, fried chicken Drew Case, for example. Um, but we've 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 gone away from that, and it ain't helping the show. I think, especially if game shows are going to continue and audiences are going to continue the way they are, right? Where you don't you have low capacity audiences that are not as energetic. You need somebody who can pull and read that room. Craig Ferguson is the man for that. He has demonstrated it time and time again through his talk show, through The Hustler, through Family Game Night, 
The list goes on and on. He has hosted the prices right before, and he did it with the robot skeleton being voiced by a man in the back with the remote control, a part-time announcer, and two interns and a pantomime horse and got better fucking ratings than Drew Carey. Fun fact. Fun fact. The swap that those two pulled off where Drew went and did the late night show. The late, late, late show with Craig Ferguson. Yes. And uh, Craig Ferguson goes and does The Price is Right were the highest ratings for those two respective shows for that season. That's a flip-flop. All right, Jonathan. Bulky the flip-flop. <laughs> oh, here is and then- my segue out of the Davidson and all the hosts. Because it's been a while since I've done a big name read on this show, which I'm somewhat known for. Todd Newton, Mark Summers, David Ruprecht, Pat Finn, Mark L. Wahlberg, Roger Lodge, Michael Berger, J.D. Roberto, George Hamilton, Doug Davidson, Bob Bo- Bob Godin, sorry, Chuck Woolery, Marco Antonio Regil, who we mentioned earlier, Alan Thick, another musician of game shows, Drew Jerry Springer, Joey Fatone, current announcer George Gray, and behind the mic on this version, Newton, Summers, Raheel, Davidson, Hamilton, etc. All people who are contenders to replace Bob Barker. Some other names to mention on this. Randy West, Daniel Rosen, David Ruprecht again, Roberto again, Dave Walls, others. If you are in the Florida area, March 31st at the RP Funding Center. March 27th at the Barbara B. Mann Performing Center in Fort Myers. Uh, Sunrise Theater in Fort Pierce on the 25th. You have another version of The Price is Right that just deserves a mention here. The Price is Right Live. I was going to say, I will take... an awesome team that is knocking this show off the fucking map. I I will say, I'll take people that have hosted The Price is Right Live Stave show, which, fun fact, originally started at Harris Casino in Vegas. Uh, for, For 200, please, Bob. More about The Price is Right Live next week. No, more about The Price is Right Live in two weeks. No, it's, we're not going to dedicate a whole episode. It's going to be more of a special news desk slash live event, uh, live event review. Are you planning on doing something while I'm stuck at work on the 31st, sir? I already got my tickets in the day off for it, yes. How dare you give us a report afterwards. Anyway. And I'm, I'm pleased to announce that uh, the one that is coming this go-around will be Bob Goen of uh, Wheel of Fortune fame. Get. Daytime Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. 
besides Ben Rothman. We'll, uh, we'll be hosting uh, this iteration of The Price is Right Live, which will be the third one that has come to Lakeland in my 10 years here. In addition, other people that have currently... No, I haven't been able to figure that one out. Other people that are currently hosting a live edition of The Price is Right include Mark Wahlberg, who was just mentioned on a Price is Right Live recap that I web read on a website that we don't endorse. Therefore, I will not be mentioning by name on this particular episode. Also, why am I seeing red lights under me whenever you mention that man's name? Mark L. Wahlberg? That's another red light. Don't like this. All right, I'm good. It's time to... And, uh... Uh, We'll be uh, move on to the Million Daughter Spectacular. We're not there yet. Wrong. Tribute to the troops. And other... It's tribute to the troops. Tribute to the Troops was the first primetime special to come out of price. And then you had Million Dollar Spectaculars afterward. All right, so let's go the, ahead and the move. Tributes to the Troops were the first foray into primetime hour-long specials for price. Does anybody have a non-academic credible up for the, uh, for the primetime specials, such as Tribute to the Troops? All right, Brian, since this is a passion project, as shown in the open at the start of the show, would you like to handle the non-credible academic for this? I mean, there's not really much non-credible academic to be had for this. Um, Over the series of the summer of 2002, uh, The Price is Right did six episodes, uh, a a six-episode primetime run special, saluting the military um they did the coast guard they did the army air force marines navy coast guard and police firefighters everybody in the audience on that particular episode was a member of that associated service for the police and firefighters episode they had washington dc los angeles New York City, and I forget the fourth. Um, Los Angeles County. And each episode, they had a live band from each service playing as well. Uh, and for the police uh, for the police and firefighters episode, they had the Los Angeles Police Fraternal Order Band or Honor, Honor Guard or... I forget specifically what they what they were, but I know it was L.A. Police, uh, LAPD, that was the band for that episode. And these were the first specials since August of '86, which uh, are kind of lackluster with the 25th anniversary being around that time. These, however, ratings boom. Yeah. Everybody loved it. They they really went all out on the prizes. The they put very easy pricing games up to ensure no El Skunkos um or anywhere or anything anywhere close. Uh all of these specials are available on YouTube. You can go find them. We will not link to them for obvious reasons, but they are available on YouTube. Um but so what would happen if on one of these uh, military supporting specials you spun a dollar on the big wheel? How much money was it? 
$100,000. And uh, we can go to the screen share real quick, and I can I can show you what I mean about the... Tonight, on its 227th birthday, The Price is Right honors the United States Army. During its illustrious 227-year history, the United States Army has given our country countless victories at arms, heroes galore, and even presidents. These men and women in our audience tonight are carrying on the glorious tradition of the United States Army. Now, here we go with the first four contestants on The Price is Right. As you can see, the entire audience is uniformed service members of the Army. Well, almost the entire audience. I was going to say, they, they some of them have their wives or you know significant others with them. A damn good chunk. All of the contestants are service members, however. Yeah, all of the contestants were in uniform, yes. The uh, the dress grays, I guess, as it would be in this instance. Uh, this is the Class A uniform. And each one of these, when the announcer began, and here we go. You are the first four contestants on The Price is Right. And now, here is the star of The Price is Right, Bob Parker. And as evidenced by the intro, about half of these he did audience intros on. Audience intros by which he means walking down the aisle and greeting various members of the service as he did so. Uh, to which were... he received a standing ovation as uh, Bob Barker is warranted too when he does an audience intro. As a veteran himself? Yeah. yeah. Pause it for a sec. Yeah, fun fact. Actually, when you think about it, both hosts of The Price is Right are military veterans. Drew was in the Marine Corps. He was a reservist. So was Bob. Bob was reservist in the Navy. You are listening slash watching Life is Like a Game Show, Syndicates, Internationals, and Primetime Special Million Dollar Spectacular Edition. A presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast audio slash video services as well. Details will be found a little bit later on in the broadcast for specifics as to where those are. All right, go ahead, Brian. Continue. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just that was just me showing the intro for the... Uh... For the army, I mean, we've got so, guard. I, I apologize because, as you can see, I also got these off of YouTube. Navy, uh, Coast Guard, Coast Guard. Oh, uh, yes, Curtin Richardson announced, uh, I think five out of the six. So, the army one was the only one that Rod Roddy did, I believe so, yeah. Customers make progress every there's the there's the Navy. No, that's the Marine Corps. Oh jeez. No, that's Rod Roddy too. Either way, 
Ron and Burton split this. This is the Navy. There's Burton. And this will make Toby happy as he tried to hit us out of the Semper Fidelis earlier on in the broadcast. Yep, that's Burton. Preview for this one day. Here we go. That's also Burton for the Air Force. And Trayvon So Rod did the Army and the police and firefighters. And the. Uh, no, because there was another rod in there too that we heard. I think it might have was it the Navy one that was rod as well? Army Navy firefighter. They split it. Yeah, three and three. Did we have any uh did we have any hundred thousand dollar winners on the big wheel spin? No. Welcome to the price is right. All right, well then I I Saluting the firefighters and police of New York City. Toby wants to know which one came first, Will of Fortune's tribute or Price is Right's tribute? Price is Right's tributes were the summer of 2002. We, if you're going to have to Google when the Wheel of Fortune tributes were. I don't know off the top of my head. I was telling Toby that he would have to Google. Because I don't know either. But yeah, we can we can cut off of, of me. Thank you. All right. So those are the salute to the military tributes. Any specific uh, moments, memories of any of the uh, any of the the military slash uh, first responder tributes that stick out to you guys? I got to be perfectly honest with you. I don't remember these episodes at all. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch them. Same. Just it felt nice. Um, something interesting. Uh, a command sergeant major made it to the or was selected as a contestant and made it to the showcase. Uh, and spoiler alert, uh, he didn't win. Um, in the Marine episode. And uh, for those of you who uh, know uh, rankings in the military, a command sergeant major is pretty much the highest enlisted rank you can get. So they quite literally pulled from, like, everywhere. They had privates, general flag officer, or they didn't have a flag officer. That would have been a general. Um, they had commissioned officers, so lieutenants, majors, etc. They had all levels of enlisted men there. Um, yeah, no, they they were all over the place when they uh, when they selected contestants. But I thought that was pretty cool that they had a command sergeant major in the Marine Corps episode that actually made it to the showcase. Toby, to answer your question, the first Veterans Week on Price is Right was 2000, or uh, excuse me, Will of Fortune was 2015. So, yeah, this beat it by almost a decade. All Actually, right. over a decade. Yeah, more than a, a 13 years if this was 2002. Um, gentlemen, I'm afraid I have to point something out. We are 
We are approaching the Lilacs land speed record right now. Um. Yeah. So million dollar land speed record, mind you. But this show's last week. I mean, it, this was kind of expected. This was going to be the catch-all episode. We're kind of lucky we have a bonus episode next week, but it's going to be a clip show for all of the clips that we have not gotten to or would slow the show down even further. I think there's really only one clip from the Million Dollar Spectaculars that is paramount and stuck in my head to this day. I mean, are we going to save the clips for next week, or do you want to air clock game right now? Um, pricing game. I'd rather hold it off, actually, and use it as our intro next week. I had this? two clips that I wanted to roll this week, um, but we are, like, way so far off topic now, it's not even funny. Are so, they uh, pricing games? No. Is one of them pricing games? No. One of them are pricing games? No. Probably the Million Dollar Showcase winners. No. Eric, you got a guess? Because I'm out. No, I just said we'll find out next week. Eric's like, I'm done. I'm over it. We're going to bed. <laughs> we got a spoiler alert, apparently. Uh, stay tuned next week because there's a hook now, and uh, you got to come All in right, so next week to find out. Just I guess I don't quick. get to. I guess I don't have to tell you guys then. Okay then. Million Dollar Spectaculars were added as special primetime bonus episodes to the CBS lineup. Traditionally. As summer summer filler, there were a few that were done during the fall TV lineup, but by and large, most of the Million Dollar Spectaculars occurred during the summer, if I recall correctly. That you do. Um, several Million Dollar winners do exist, a couple of which we will show clips of. Uh, several of them we will show clips of next week when we do our highlights episode. Brian, is there anything in particular about the Million Dollar Spectacular episodes that you want to discuss in the just discussion portion of it? We'll save any and all video-related clips for next week. Um, I mean, I really don't want a condensed discussion on the subject too much. I know we're kind of over on time a little bit, but... People were warned that if they listened to this episode, we were going to go long. So Right, which is what I said earlier when you guys were trying to get me to cut Davidson short. Um, well, Davidson turned into its own full-length discussion, though, so that worked out. Continue. Were, did you really honestly expect anything? Actually, you know what? I can't ask you that question because you were naive enough to, know, to not know how much Davidson is of a point to me. These two bastards up above me, however, knew damn well. There we go. As I can try to, there, uh, I'm getting close. There we go. These two bastards over here knew that I mean, Davidson was a was a contentious point of, of, of debate. I mean, I was not shy in voicing the fact that Davidson was going to be a thing, and I have very strong opinions. As much as the man down here that I have to unfortunately live with in this regard only. And we differ completely when it comes to that era of this show. Um, but I, no, as far as, as far as the million dollar spectaculars go, I appreciate 
what effectively to me boiled down to a high stakes price is right. Um, it was a high stakes price is right for what honestly to me equivocated to uh, a necessary ratings boost to the price is right. CBS had time in the schedule because of various things going on, you know, between seasons, uh, writers strikes, crew strikes. Like this was the era of television strikes like crazy. One could, um, one could argue. One could argue Price is Right publicity stunt with these million dollar spectaculars. That's pretty much oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or, sorry. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I, I really think that's really all that really needs to truly be said about the Million Dollar Spectaculars. They've made for some interesting, memorable television moments and game show history, or at least shows history's moments. Um, like the very, very famous clip of the girl winning the million dollars in the six seconds on clock game. Or more on this on a certain when we cover another certain show later on this year, but Michael Haynes. <laughs> I, oh I, yeah, that guy. I don't get that reference. Uh you shouldn't. Game show contestant. I'll leave it at that. A Game teaser is obvious is an, an obvious teaser is obvious for a reason. We'll Game talk show. about him in May if you uh, get my reference there, Harry. I sense also, these million dollar spectators high rewatchability value. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Bob and Drew both on top of the Drew, maybe not so much. Like Drew, still like the million dollar spectaculars were new to Drew. Like the ones where he actually had million dollar winners, his energy level was not. As I mean, crazy up there as I would have liked it to be. I disagree. I can't believe I'm saying this. I disagree. Drew knows how to be like, you just won a million dollars. Because you know where he did it first? On Power and Sam. He had to blow the load too early. And we come full circle. But, yeah, no. I think at the end of the day, it's just a gigantic rating stunt. Slash CBS said, hey, we'll give you the money. We need some primetime specials. Y'all could use a ratings boost. We could use a ratings boost. And that's how it happened. One, two, three. There's, four, five, I think, like six, 10 of them. There are. There's a significant eight, amount. Nine, um, the non-academic critical source says at some point, in the first sixteen million dollar spectaculars, all hosted by Barker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're looking in the teens or early twenties. I'm guessing mid based on what I'm seeing through my search for content on YouTube, I'm guessing we're probably in about the mid twenty range. Um there's a good number of these fuckers. So according to the non credible academic resource, um a six again. We had the six episode primetime series in the summer of 02. Um, 
which was uh, which was also meant to be a tribute to the heroes of 9-11. And because of the success of that primetime series in 2003, we got the first million dollar spectacular with Bob. Now, in 07-08, the, the Writers Guild of America strike, along with the original Nielsen rating successes of, of the 2002, the summer of 02, and the 03 primetime spectaculars, led CBS to commission 10 episodes of the Million Dollar Spectaculars. Um... You're about to probably get to this in the uh, said non-academic credible source. They stole an element from Davidson, the black floor. So even during the last Bob years, they did start doing some modernization. I'm telling you, Davidson was ahead of his time. It was too much too soon. All right. We'll go into more specific details about some of the major moments from these million dollar spectaculars next week when we go into our clip show we'll talk about obviously the fastest way to win a million dollars 6.5 seconds i believe somewhere along those lines somewhere around there yeah um the million dollar winners in the showcases as well and it wasn't just it wasn't just that million dollar carrot that was dangling on these particular episodes here You think a standard episode of Price has a decent budget. You think a Davidson episode of Price had a decent budget. Oh, boy. You ain't seen seen Million Dollar Spectaculars where you're playing Golden Road for a $90,000 Dodge Viper. Or a 70... BMWs... Vipers or Cam- or yeah, I was Cam- gonna say you had Camaros, Vipers, you Porsches. had a Porsche offered, you had a brand new Corvette C5 offered. Basically, Ford Escape Hybrid. Basically, million dollars. A Ford Escape Hybrid is not a fucking luxury car. Basically, million. Basically, million dollar price spectacular is your predecessor to Dream Car Week. To that point, I think this might be a good point to really leave it off on. You want to talk about big winners? Okay. February 22nd, 2008. Drew's first million dollar spectacular. Adam Roseman's 20 grand on the grand game. By being within $1,000 of the actual retail price of his own showcases, he won... Both showcases, which included that Cadillac XLR in his own and the Ford Escape Hybrid from his opponents, plus a $1 million bonus. Clips of which will be available on next week's episode. Gentlemen, I do believe that this is probably going to about do it for us because all three of us are starting to show signs of crashing, and I think Eric may have went to sleep. No, he didn't. He's dealing with Mama Watkins. 
Oh, well, we'll wait for Eric to come back. We'll get to him last we, week. I was going to say, we can't really end the show without him. So That's why we're going to go into our plugs right now here. Well, I have, I, I, as you can see in the private chat, whenever he gets back, we're actually going to air those clips this week because it doesn't make logical sense. All right. To... Apparently, Brian found a couple of clips from the daytime version where Bob Barker talks about Doug Davidson in the nighttime syndicated version of The Price is Right. So you can screen share yourself, Brian. No. He, he doesn't have screen share turned on? You don't understand with you don't understand with StreamYard, Eric is the only person that can control what actually goes up on the screen. I can turn my screen share on, but nobody's going to see it. He's got to actually hit the button to go to my screen share. So, okay. if he's not here so and I don't have the credentials to log into StreamYard and take it over from him, plus I'm pretty sure that would screw up the broadcast. We gotta wait for him to get back. If All right. Seen, for example, my visual cue of bringing something up from the very bottom of the screen. That's usually my visual cue, Eric, to bring up a screen share. Yeah, Eric is the yeah Eric is our producer, and he is the only one that can control the camera options as far as who's in, who's out, what the layout is, screen share, etc. So All right. Case, so we're kind of we're kind of stuck. So we can sit here and wax poetic a little bit more about something. I have an idea. Actually, I have a question. I was going to say we could plug the future week schedules and let people know what they. Can oh, we could. We could. I don't know how long Eric's. I could. I don't know how long Eric's going to be. So we can. So. We'll go with your question first, then we'll go future. We would normally have the graphic here, but again, we don't have Eric. I'm sorry for the visual viewers. And I say viewer. I can But don't, you don't, no, don't just, do that, John. Just pretend that there's a little, so, graphic, just pretend that there's a little graphic that says, I've got a question at the bottom of your screen, Toby. Um, excluding and i'm going to say this because we've already we've already discussed this one at length excluding craig ferguson who would you have replaced drew carey and george gray and why actually no sorry i will give you the option i'm going to give you the option of the question because there are two questions that i wanted to ask um and I don't know if we'll get the I don't get I don't know if we'll get this other one in next week. Um, because I already have a feeling that that clip show is gonna go hyper long anyways. We can either go to who replaces Drew and why, or we can talk about or I can ask you what your revised and final ratings are for each of the eras of the prices right in the show overall. We'll wait for Eric to get back to do ratings, so we'll talk about the Drew thing right now. Okay. Because I know we said on at the begin at the very beginning at the very end I would give we would give the everybody the opportunity to revise their ratings, having gone through debate and discussion as the month went on. So, all right, let's. I uh, guess we'll go ahead and do who replaces Drew and why then, excluding Craig Ferguson, like you excluding Craig Ferguson because we already waxed poetic on that for like thirty minutes. Oh. Um, I have an I have an outside of the box choice that I think would appeal to uh, television t 
television. What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? The modern television viewer. I'm still here, by the way, John. You're gonna need to unmute for a moment. Um, I'm going to try to get a hold of Eric to see what happened to him. Since he's been gone for a good like ten minutes now, at least. All right, go ahead, throw. All right. Um, I might catch some heat for this, but I think he would fit. I think that he has the credentials in order to be able to pull something like this off. He's never hosted a game show before, but he Ooh. has hosted a nationally syndicated talk radio show. He has hosted a series of reality shows. He is very much entrenched in American culture. Ooh. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, the successor to Dick Clark on the Rock and Eve. Interesting choice. If I may answer the question, ignore me calling you, Eric. We were getting concerned because you were gone for like a good 15 minutes. Long story. Explain off air. Everything okay? Yes. That's all that matters. So Go ahead, Jonathan. Answer that question of who besides. Uh, Craig Ferguson to succeed in eventually hosting the price. Well, we have two questions, but the first one is who, excluding Craig, because we waxed poetic about Craig already. Who's the next host? Who replaces Drew and George Gray and why? Well, I don't know who replaces George Gray just because it's such a clusterfuck of announcers and stuff. So Um, I would say for an announcer, I'm blanking on the name for the moment, but. uh... Have someone pull a double dip from over Sony Picture Studios from Wheel of Fortune. Johnny Gilbert? Not Gilbert. No, not Jeopardy. The uh, the one who replaced Charlie oh. O'Donnell when he passed away on Wheel. Oh, Jim. Jim something. Jim, yeah. Take him. He's got some recognition already. Give the man some face time. But the host. I'm going to pull one out of left field. She... Someone we thought could not be a game show host and was going to fail and not pay tribute and do justice to her predecessor from many decades ago. I speak of somebody who's hosting over on ABC in the summer of fun and games, your current host of pressure, Luck Elizabeth Banks. Mm, I don't think I don't think ABC would let her do it. Eric, I am honestly because I hadn't even thought about it really. The Schwab stumped. Yes, because I'm sorry. Like this, I can't necessarily think of a name right away outside of Craig that I would be like, "Ooh, give him a shot on Prices Right." It's like I'm coming up with nothing. As a second choice in the case that Elizabeth Banks is not available, go with another comedian. A fluffy comedian. Um, he wouldn't no, work. He no. wouldn't work on price. No. Toby has an interesting choice, actually. Toby suggests Jay Leno. I don't really think with Jay Leno, it's kind of a lack of move if not going backwards. I mean, he's already currently hosting a game show. And I'm just pointing out that he is currently hosting a syndicated game show called You Bet Your Life. Mm. Okay. 
Groucho I'm, Marx was a, was a late night stand up comedian guy before he got his game show. The role works for Jay Leno. The Price is Right is not and should not become the golden standard of where stand up comedians go to get a game show gig. What's your choice, Brian? The problem is, is when you take Craig Ferguson out of the equation, I actually also get stumped because I do think Craig Ferguson is a natural, good, progressive move. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody offhand that I think can step into the role. All right. Not yeah. immediately. However, I do tell, I will tell you, I do have the announcer. 100%. Rich Fields. Bring him back. He was he was done absolutely dirty on the original go. You damn right. And okay. I be- he misses the show. Mhm. He he loved the show. He obviously did very good on the show. He fits into the culture. I think he br- I think he helps bring back the announcers involved in the showcase thing like you know his predecessors johnny o and rod roddy did which i don't really see that much out of george gray to be honest with you but i'm kind of i i don't know i'm a little bit at a loss on who uh could be a Suitable replacement for the host currently. Harry Broadhurst is on mute. Harry. Yeah, I tend to do that a lot. Um, I think you're. I think you have a decent line of thinking along the line of the ABC Fun and Games lineup. But I think you have the wrong person if they were to go that route. I think there's somebody else that I think would fit the prices right a little bit better. Somebody that has the natural charisma, that has the honestly has the more mainstream appeal just because of his his multiple appearances in other different various facets of entertainment as well. You say Elizabeth Banks, I say Michael Strahan. It's not bad. I would definitely like to see some auditions. Strahan's done a fantastic job with the $100,000 pyramid. He really has. Uh-oh. He really has. Uh-oh. I know what that face means. Idea face, but distorted? I... It just hit me. You guys are talking about ADC, fun and games, female hosts and all that. Mm-hmm. Or male hosts. Get Leslie Jones off a supermarket sweep? Oh hell no! No, but you're in the no, but you are exactly in the 100% right line of thought, Harry. David Ruprecht can say fuck supermarket sweep. Let him have price. He already has the experience hosting the live shows. That's I was about to say. I was about to say and and. 
if Rich Fields doesn't want to leave WTSP here in Tampa, you pair him with Randy West, who also has the experience hosting actual national prices right, and you have the best damn game show on television right now, bar nothing. And in fact, I will go so far to say that that would be a better pairing than Craig Ferguson and Josh Robert Thompson or Shadow Stevens. And six runs to Espinosa for the choice. <laughs> you can't get a five. Yes, you can, but it's rare. This is a rare situation we're talking about. Five runs. Uh, no, six is better because yeah. trust me. Five, you would either need. No, five this was or... a. Eric will get this reference. This was a fucking Pacai cared ninety meter ball. Yeah, uh, to your other... said it better. Okay, to, to your better analogy. <sighs> Enough of the analogies. The point is simple. Yes, Ruprecht West, give them price. The ratings are going to shoot through the roof. Greg Ferguson is the outside-the-park home run. Your combo is the inside-the-park home run. Different means, same result. No, I think no. you flipped that, but it's but I, I the reference you make makes sense, but I think you flip it. You do. Ferguson is the Ferguson four. is the in, Ferguson is the guaranteed in the park home run. Ruprecht is it's going, 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 gone. We're not there yet, Toby. Sorry. The second question that was posited. Yeah, let's. Ratings. Yes, this is your chance to 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 re-rate or regrade. All right, I'm, I'm going to cement your your opinion on anything we've talked about so far. I'm going to snap the entire the, month. I'm going to snap these off uh, rapid fire. Uh, the Colin fifties version. I'm going to stay. I'm. The Colin 50s version, I'm going to stay at about a 60. It's okay. The problem is, is I don't like the strictly one-bid format of it. Bob Barker gets a 100. I said that before. I stand by it. Period. End of discussion. Greatest game show host for a game show ever. Period. I still give Drew an 85. I love Drew Carey. I think that he has done more than justice to the show, especially with the modernization of price that's come with it. Yes, he is not as sociable as Bob Barker was, but let's be real. Who wants to be the guy that followed in Bob Barker's footsteps? Uh, um, Dennis James. Honestly, I don't think I saw enough to be able to give him an accurate grade. I only saw like two full episodes on there. I only got around to watching one of them. So I'm going to give him an incomplete. Tom Kennedy, Tom Kennedy I'm going to give an 80. Slightly behind Drew, but better than Cullen. Kennedy's chops for game shows help him in this spot. And the reason I say that is because he has that experience. He has that, as Eric would say, that je ne sais quoi about him, where you can buy him as a viable host for an American institution such as Price. Davidson is a 70. And the reason Davidson is a 70 is nothing to do with Davidson himself. It I'll is, take that. It is everything to do with the format. 
because Davidson himself is actually a bonus to that show because of the way that he interacts with the, the people playing the game, because of the way that he stays on top of the witticisms, because of the way that he keeps it flowing, keeps it moving, doesn't allow for a dead spot. He, he's I, a young Bob Barker. He was there and he was on the side of the contestant. And the and he was and every man like uh, Drew Carey as well. And that he's he's not like hoity toity like Barker would be classified as. Barker would be classified as high society, whereas uh, Doug Davidson is more of your everyman. Even if he was appearing on a national on a national soap opera on a day to day basis, he was still more of an everyman personality. I stand by what I said when I first watched that episode with Doug Davidson. I could have sworn to God it was Ray Combs from Family Feud. Yeah. Do you give a grade to the April Fool's episode? I have April never Fool's? seen the full episode. <laughs> Sorry. As Eric what do you what what grade would you give the uh the the salutes to the troops or the million dollar spectacular or both as a single grade? Uh the put it rest right, of the primetime specials. Put it right around the same level as Carrie, about an 85. Not as good as Barker by himself, but there are definitely moments from these primetime specials and the salutes to the troops and stuff that stand out in the lore of Price is Right history. Mr. Watkins, revisionist history, your overall rating for each of the eras of The Price is Right. I am staying the same. Calling a 95 because, again, for the format and everything and what it was at that time, at that time, perfect. Calling to 65. No, my grade was a 95. Oh, 95. Okay, my mistake. Continue. So, yes, great for what it was at that time. Barker sticking with the 98. Again, perfection being unattainable. Damn close as you're going to get. Uh, no, you... I, I, to quote one of my favorite YouTubers, Loki Doki, you want to get 100 from me? That is as rare as rocking horse shit. Gentlemen, you agree to disagree. For Drew Carey, again, sticking with a 73. I get it. And as someone who and I have personally kind of like faded away, I was one of the many that did not necessarily like it at first. But he grew on me as the show also grew as well. It's okay. Good now. And I still stand by what I say for going into the future as we head through the remainder of the 2020s. Fight me on it. There's James. It's syndicated and... Uh, syndicated and primetime... We're not grading Ferguson. We didn't talk enough about the actual Ferguson episode. I have a grade for him, actually. Fine, oh. you can, but I'm not forcing everybody else to. Cindy, well, the primetime specials, I'm giving an 81. I love the themes, like how they're doing it, and I understand the tweaks, but outside of some, like, really the big moments with the Million Dollar Spectacular, they were pretty enhanced nighttime versions, but, like, average episodes outside of that. You add the theme, and okay. Basically, it is going to sound weird, slapping a different coat of paint on it. 
with the. I mean, we we. I mean, we pretty. That's pretty much what we said it was in reality. Yeah, yeah. And as far as with the nighttime versions, Dennis James, ninety. Similar with Kennedy, they were again. Everything good, the format of work, they got hosting, they had it right with the bigger budget and everything. Great. Davidson, it's a little bit tougher for me. Because honestly, and this is, again, weird. Davidson and all the format and everything would work a lot better now more so than then. So if you gave me, and I watched a bit of Davidson, even though I was only like eight, nine years old, I thought, eh, you know, eight-year-old me would have given it about a 62. Looking at it now, it's like 82 for the show by itself. Davidson gets about an extra eight nine points because again so overall i would say 91 because if you gave me that today i'd say all right i can tune in on this a much more regular basis i didn't hear you kennedy uh kennedy i gave the same as dennis james 90 yeah john we're we're gonna go to you um, and I assume you have no Ferguson. I, I assume Eric has no Ferguson score. No Ferguson score for me. Okay. Colin, I give an 80. Solid B. Set the stage. The 50s were not so innovative. Barker, 98. Quote Eric. Carrie, and here's where I've changed things a little bit. 86. He's a B grade host. He's still got those bitter rough around the edges. Pandemic's hurting him a little bit, but I understand that's not of his control, but still affects his core. And uh, and somewhat poetically, he's about to get 86 from the show if the show is going to survive. Dennis James, 93. He's the old-timey gold standard. And the reason why you don't see many clips of him, which I've been holding off to the very end here, for co-prize era. That's why you won't see him. Kennedy is the number two host of a permanent set for this show. I give him a 95. He got a raw deal. Now Brian's probably going to be giving me the death glare because I'm about to mention Davidson. He's probably wondering, what the hell is Nielsen going to say about this guy? Look, I'm not going to hold whatever you say against you. Before today. While we're on air. No, in general. I value and respect his opinion. Before today. He would have been at 55. Show was a failure. With the conversation we had today, and sort of where I've finally settled, 
giving it the true focus I really should have been in the first place. Because I was one of those kept saying, what is this crude bastardization? Give me a full hour. If you're going to do a Cindy, do it full hour or, you know, go back the way it was in the 70s because it worked then. Sure, modernize the set, okay. Davidson, I'm going to grade it two ways. Davidson is a host, the Davidson show as a whole. Davidson as a host is an 85. Okay. The show as a whole is a 73. I mean, that's kind of the same. That's kind of the same way I looked at it. I don't think you can judge Davidson solely on the quality of the show because yeah. he didn't have any control over the formatting of it. I think he brought an energy to the show that was desperately needed. Davidson I, had so little control over the actual show, it wasn't even funny. Yeah, I think he brought an energy to the show that was desperately needed at the time in order to make that syndicated version work. And I and I and like we talked about earlier, I do think it would have worked had it had the opportunity to do so. Did you want to rate Fergie real quick before we go to... Uh... Which I again say, Wolpert rolled craps when he made that show. The nighttime specials I just wore a pass to. I believe their scores are better indicated by the host scores. Ferguson gets a 98. He rocked that fucker out of the park. I mean, I mean, he hosted The Price is Right of all game shows, right? That's what the fruits. I want to come and I go. And again, he did it. He did it with an animatronic skeleton, two interns, and a horse, and Shadow Stevens. As good of a job. Hosting the Price is Right for one time on an April Fool's Day, as Pat Sajak did hosting Jeopardy on an April Fool's Day in 1997. As good as Alex Trebek did hosting one episode of Wheel of Fortune on April Fool's Day, 1997. Those all get 98s in my book. Because they went no foreign environment, brought the chops, made it happen. All right. And we now go to my final thought. Actual true final thought. On all things prices, right? I am, and you can you can you can pull me down for just a second because I, I would like the uh, the uh, the visual audience to to see everybody's reactions. I am revising my score on Cullen. Go on. Toby, I tied him for a reason. Go ahead. I am in the same boat as I believe it was Eric who said, for the time, it worked, but it was still utter crap. I know that doesn't exact, that's not what you want to hear over there, Mr. More of the historical older side of game shows. No, sir, don't like it. Go ahead, anyway. But I am revising my score from an absolute zero. This is the worst thing I have ever watched. 
because I can in good conscience award that to Cullen because it isn't the worst. It isn't even close to the worst thing I have ever watched game show wise. I have three words for you. Singled out YouTube. Mm. That's not a game show. Doggo. You heard me. Dream. And, and you, you, you can pull me. You can pull me back on on full screen if you want now, Eric. I'm going to give Cullen Price a solid sixty. It, I'm okay with that. It gets a pass, but it ain't the it ain't the best. It ain't exactly impressing anybody. It's not something I'm writing home on a postcard about. It's a D minus. Yeah, it gets the it gets the lowest technically acceptable passing grade that I can give it. It does not progress to the next portion of the chain. Go ahead. For and I'm going to go out of order here, and I have a reason for this. For Carrie, I go back, and I'm going to use the grading standard that was applied when we when you guys did the brackets for this, and taking in the totality of Carrie's entire run, and to a to some extent of that, also the million dollar spectaculars. Are, are going to factor in here a little bit. Carrie, I give a solid 75 to. If we were talking about earlier in the run, or if the pandemic hadn't hit and Carrie hadn't lost the luster, if you will, of hosting the show, right? He still had, like, We've made the joke before, but the moment Drew Carey wasn't fat, he wasn't funny. And I don't mean to say that as like a snide remark. I I legitimately, to an extent, mean that, right? Like as Drew Carey, the person has changed over the years hosting the show, the way he has hosted the show has also changed. And I think it it has become a stark departure over the potential and the what could have been from when he initially first started hosting the show. I give Kerry credit, and this is why he's gotten, he he's at a 75 and honestly not lower. I, I would even go so far to say a 79. In fact, I will say a 79. For the simple fact that I appreciate the theme weeks, like, you know, dream car giveaway, etc., I appreciate the April Fool's specials. I appreciate the Halloween specials. 100%. That's kind of carrying carry, no pun intended, in my book right now. Dennis James, I give a solid 70 average. Wasn't impressed, wasn't disgusted, for lack of a better term. Kennedy, I give a solid 92. The only thing I think honestly could have made Kennedy better, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but given Tom Kennedy's hosting style, if they gave him Gene Wood as an announcer. If you mention that, 
if they had given Gene, if they had given Tom Kennedy Gene Wood as an announcer, I think that could have been the best pairing that Price is Right ever had. Uh, sir, you forgot what I said earlier. They did when Johnny O passed. They gave him Gene Wood. I don't. I'm gonna have to go find these episodes because I sure as hell haven't seen them. There ain't many, but that's what they did. But I think that would just, I think that would be a golden combination. I loved Kennedy as I believe Harry said, the four, the, the prior hosting chops and background that Kennedy had definitely suited him well for the fast paced action of the prices. Right. And let it not be any surprise to anyone. Look at, you know, look at what look at staff memoirs and people that have been on the prices right. Look at perfect bid, right? As an example. The price is right is a very fast-paced show. If you can't, if you don't have the energy to deal with that, you can't do price justice. I think Drew Carey has lost that, which is part of the reason why I'm I've ranked him overall lower. But Kennedy had it. He knocked it out of the park. I don't mean to say this in any bad way against Johnny Olson, but Kennedy deserved a different announcer. I don't want to say better announcer, but he deserved a different announcer. Since we're talking about Craig Ferguson, I give Craig Ferguson a 92. Damn good. Plain and simple. When you can do an entire Price is Right episode with two interns in a fake horse, an animatronic skeleton being powered by a voiceover actor, and Shadow Stevens, yeah, you you deserve to have the fucking show for all I care. Getting to Bob Barker. And I, yes, I'm intentionally saving Davidson for last because I think I'm going to shock all of you with what I have to say about Davidson. Bob Barker, I give a 99. For the simple premise of, and, and I'm going to steal a rule from, from John over there, which is also one of my own. Perfection is an unattainable ideal. What? You quote the rule? You will never see me give a 100 on this show, ever. There is only two shows that I would even consider it. And I'm sure you probably could guess what those two are. Millionaire and Sweep? Yes. Rule 12, by the way. Regis Millionaire, Randy, Regis Millionaire, and, and, and David sweep. and David Ruprecht, Randy West sweep specifically. I give Bob Barker a ninety-nine. There is no greater nostalgia or definition of Americana in pop culture than the price is right with Bob Barker and Rod Roddy or Bob Barker and Johnny Olson. 
Although Johnny Olson's before my time. I love and respect Johnny Olson, but for me, it's Rod Roddy. Or even Bob and Rich Fields. But Bob Barker's version of The Price is Right was so flawlessly executed, designed, mastered, and implemented that there are very few shows in television that I think will ever top it and specifically top Bob Barker's run of it. The man hosted the show for 25 years or 35 years. You're not going to get anybody to beat that. The closest thing you can get to that, honestly, as far as television goes is Don Francisco and Sabado Gigante. With that said, or sorry, I, I realized I'm missing um, the, the million dollar specials and just the other primetime specials in general. I give the summer of 02 specials, the salutes to the troops. I give that a solid 95. It was a very, very good move and very necessary move at the time of the country that the time of the country was in to do that. And they were very well executed and done. The million dollar spectaculars, I give them a 79.80, like a 79.5. I'm getting that specific. Do you round up? Is it 79.5B or 79.5C? And that's the problem. The Million Dollar Spectaculars, as, as a couple of my other co-hosts here have said, really came down to the fact that somebody at CBS pulled out the American Express black card, got a new coat of paint out of the warehouse, and put Bob Barker in a tuxedo and said, here you go, here's your 8 p.m. time slot, go do you. And gave him the keys to the studio. Bob Barker knocked it out of the park. Drew Carey, I think, tarnishes it a little bit, at least at the beginning. But it loses points for the fact that, to me, it felt like they were stunting. And especially with Drew Carey, Drew Carey actually getting million-dollar winners. A couple of them he handled, I think he handled absolutely amazingly. And some of them he was just like, you win a million dollars. Just looked like, just all like, not in a like selling it casually for dramatic effect kind of way. Just like kind of the same way that he delivered the perfect bid. It's just, it's a no-sell. To, to, to kind of use a wrestling term there. He just no-sold it. And that brings the primetime million-dollar spectaculars down for me. Moving on to Davidson. Brian, since you said you're going to surprise us with this, can we get a four shot on the screen? Because I think people are going to be uh, wanting to see our reactions to this. 
Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, please. I'm certain the three of you are probably expecting me to give Davidson a 95 or better. Not that high. And Eric is muted. 90, perhaps. I was, but since you said that you're going, I'm going to be shocked. Now I'm not. For as much as I love Davidson, and as as, as quick as I am to come to defense of the format, I will also be the first to admit that the format doesn't didn't come without its flaws. And I think I evidenced that this evening. And I think I'm going to follow suit with what the rest of you guys did, which is something that's kind of been mulling through my head for the past few minutes here. The new price is right as a format. For me, considering the fact that it is 1994, we're kind of getting into the height of the MTV grunge era, gets a solid 80B. Doug Davidson hosting brings it up dramatically for me actually. And I would bring it up to a 92. However, the overall score drops dramatically for me. At the end of the day, I give it a 77. The reason for this is not because of the format and not because of Davidson, but quite frankly, because of Paramount. The fact that the people in charge of the show's actual livelihood could bungle it in such a fashion that, quite frankly, I think deprives us of what I can have and and would continue to argue as the greatest syndicated format that Price is Right has had, for Paramount to butt-fumble it to the point that they did. So that's a yes. Okay. Brings the show's value down dramatically in my eyes because I think that the show was robbed of the opportunity to actually come into its own and be a good version. And with that said, if you want to go to screen share, we're going to get Bob Barker's thoughts on Doug Davidson. Rod. We were just talking with the audience here about the confusion over this this syndicated price is right. Yes, the fact that people think that because they have those promos on the air saying the new price is right with the new host that we don't still have the old price is right with his old host. And I think 
I think CBS is. I think CBS is doing some promos, aren't they, to try to straighten this out? Well, they said they would, Bob. Well, they shot them last week, I heard. That's some confusion there. Well, life is confusing. (laughs) And also, we're doing some uh, guest appearances and so on to try to convince people that we're still here. That the old Price is Right is still here, and the old announcer is still here, too. (laughs) What What does that old announcer have for us next? Well, let's see. The old announcer this time is going to say, Jennifer Giambardo, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Does he talk about it further than this? I don't believe so. That's right. Beautiful than you were 20. All right, Jennifer, what do you think? Yeah, I know. That's just the one bid. Okay. And then we have a second clip from 1995, shortly after our right before it got the big ugly act. Rod, you into that ticket plug that I said the daytime show that we're doing new shows on our regular schedule. I did that deliberately because, you know, in your travels, have you discovered that this nighttime syndicated show has caused some confusion? Oh, yes. A lot of people were confused, Bob, because they thought you were retiring or that we were going off the air. That's Well, someone called here. They thought I'd die. Well, I didn't want to say that. But uh, reports of my death are exaggerated, as Mark Twain said. (laughs) But a lot of people were confused because, you know, it's been promoted as the new Price is Right. This is the Price is Right, Bob. You're right. Or, Or as Janice says, as Janice says, this is the original Price. Right. That's what it is. I wanted, I wanted to do some promos where I would say, you know, how they refer to the other one as the new Price is Right with the new host. I wanted to say this is the old Price is Right with the old host. And Rob said and with the old announcer. And Janice has been on the show for 23 years. Ever since we started, she said, I am not the old model. She said, I am the original model. I am the original model. But the point is, the point is that we take Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at CBS, Beverly and Fairfax, and Hollywood, and we're taping on a regular schedule of the daytime show. Nothing has changed, so don't become confused. Stick with us, please. All right, Rod, who's next? I have some good news. If your name is Tamara Zippay. That's, yeah. And I honestly, and I saved though, I wanted to play those earlier, but part of me feels that I think those mentions on air probably had some much more serious machinations off air, which also led to the demise of the show. I don't want to say Bob Barker felt threatened, but Bob Barker usually doesn't get that playful on air like that and cut time out of a very fast-paced show to wax poetic about his quote-unquote competitor. There might have been some tensions between CBS and Paramount in those days. But I'll tell you one thing that our audience should be glad for. As we just crossed the four-hour mark, we're ready to finally close this show out. Mr. Broadhurst, please commence taking us out of here. And taking yourself off mute first. 
I had to catch my breath in order to get the long-winded outro out. You have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, The Price is Right Deep Dive, Syndicates, Internationals, Million Dollar Spectaculars, and Primetime Tributes. And the future. A presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcasts, listening and video services such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Overcast. Rate and review us five stars on Spotify. And make sure you guys check out the Discord link available in the show description. In addition, you can also find us in video format by going to either Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, W2M Network on Twitch, W2M Net everywhere else. Did I do it again, Eric? You did it again. W2M Net. You, you should have flip flipped and... when you, yeah, you should have flipped when you should have flopped instead of flip flop. I think you can flip flop or flip flop. Yeah, I, I talk about flip flop next week. I flipped, I didn't flop, and I should have flopped instead of flipped. Anyways, whatever. Um, you know what? We're four hours and 11 minutes into this. If you don't know where to find me and you've stuck with us this long, I don't know what to tell you because I don't feel like going through it all. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I have to say the same thing. If you've been here for four hours and 11 minutes and 50 seconds and you really don't know where to find us on this network because you just so happen, you just so happen to be tuning into us on a social media platform right here this very second, just go back and watch the beginning of the show. We've been here a long time. At the time of recording, it's currently 4.34 a.m. Eastern which I believe is the time zone for all four of us, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's been a long show. Did he get muted? Because I didn't hear a damn word he just said. Yes. Because... <laughs> hey, hey, John, guess what? You got to do that again because it was muted. H-E-B the Eagle. The Andesian. Squid Sports said, Lilag's land speed record achieved. JTN 2002 for yours truly. You have been watching Life is Like a Game Show, Price is Right Deep Dive Part 4, a presentation, the W2M Network. We'll see you guys next week for the clip show. I'm going to bed. <laughs>